Hello and welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. Me, Fluff. And today on the show, we are going to be discussing the secret show that Pete's been watching for a few weeks. We're finally there because <laughs> we're not going to be able to do it all as one thing because there are 14 seasons, I believe. 15. Is that right? 15 now. Oh, Christ. 15. There's, there's more since I started, I'm sure. Um, uh, yes, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing the first of what will probably be three or four parts over the next year or so uh, <laughs> of us breaking down the TV show Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which uh, obviously Fluff has mentioned numerous times on the show and has been asking me to watch for a long time. And uh, yes, we will we will uh, be going through that today. But of course, in line with the recent song lyrics... Uh, I have just told you what it is, but we'll go for one more lyric from the uh, fifth season of the TV show. And I would like to turn to the words of Berlin today and say, watching every motion in my foolish lover's game on this endless ocean. Finally, lovers know no shame turning and returning to some secret place inside watching in slow motion as you turn around and say, take my breath away. Ah. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping that as the series does continue, you're still going to find songs to fit because oh, yeah, absolutely. there are a couple. There are yeah, a couple absolutely. that I'm like, I hope he picks that one because yeah, yeah. it's got to be the perfect one. Yeah, like say, there are a, when you that, when you've watched there are the ones full that series, stand out to you, don't you? And go, yes. oh god, yeah, like that dance yeah. off one, the the Belby of Devoted Poison. That was like, yeah. I've got to do that song. Yeah, yeah, a couple of them you kind of like. Would I actually ever listen to this? And you suddenly hear it and go. Oh, I, I like that song now because I just associate it with Sunny. Uh, it was that, that, that one at the prom, Forever Young. I hadn't heard that song in years and was like, oh my God, I love this song. I haven't heard it in ages. Um, so yes, but now let's turn to the admin then. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, ladies and gentlemen, you can at facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. You can comment on any of the posts there. You can post to the page. You can send us a message if you'd like to be more direct. You can also find us on twitter.com forward slash the sm underscore pod or at the sm underscore pod on twitter if you wish to at us uh the youtube is still under bit.ly forward slash bite back yt if you'd like to go over there and watch any of the videos we're a bit behind with the latest episodes at the minute we're sort of doing a refresh of the page but stick with us they'll uh, they'll get up there and we'll have more news for you as that comes so yes uh Let's turn to you, and uh, and and you can tell us what what you want to talk about before we get into the. Um, so I mean, I think first of all, uh, to to note, we've obviously woken up uh, this morning to the uh, tragic news of the passing of Black Panther actor uh, Chadwick Boseman. Indeed, uh, yeah. which is very sad. Uh, absolutely he, shocking. I didn't. Uh, absolutely. It. You know, obviously, uh, I mean, he kept his his illness yeah. uh, a secret. He he didn't want it in the public domain, which is absolutely fair enough. But yeah, it does yeah. mean that it just blasts you out of left field, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I think you know. I think this is you know, he's clearly an actor who was noted for his acting and not his extracurricular activities, which no, is quite what seems to be prevalent uh, a lot these days. But again, I mean, this this is a guy who made, uh, you know, King T'Challa his own. Like he's, he, you know, 
I, I find it hard to believe they, they could even replace him. I don't know how they're going to do it. And I don't think that's a conversation for today. I think today no, no. is a, a day I, I, for recognising his talents. And, and especially given uh, Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's going on, I, I can't, you know, a guy of that standing who very much in the last few years with with the power given to him with the role of being Black Panther, you could see the joy that he had doing that role and all the yeah. fan interactions and things like that. Uh, you couldn't have asked for a better kind of spokesman for a role model. That, absolutely. So it's an absolute tragedy. Uh, to, to it is. I, I can't believe talented yeah, actor. I was astonished to hear that he was only 43 at his time mm. passing, but then I was astonished to learn that he was 43. Yeah. I, I thought he was in his mid twenties. Like yeah. he looked so young. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it's horrible to think that, you know, we're not, yeah, we're not going to get to see his talents anymore. Um, no, but not just uh, in Black Panther, you know. I, I exactly, I yeah. And said, you know, yeah. I know it's not his, probably not his best role or his deepest role. But yeah, I'm I'm going with Wakanda forever as a, yeah. <laughs> the sign off um, to him. You know, yeah. although I did then we uh, the the tweet to do uh, the hashtag doing the rounds is Chadwick forever. So I kind of like that one as well. Yeah, I yeah. Um, again, I mean, showing the the true grit of of an individual who knew that this disease was affecting him yet he still continued to to shoot films and get into the shape that he did to do these films and things like that in between surgeries and chemotherapy this is a testament to a a true superstar of hollywood really uh you you don't see many people like him and he'd only just kind of come into his own i think in acting i'm sure we could have seen you know big awards for him in the future and it's just a tragedy to to lose such a talented actor Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Our, our condolences go out to uh, him and his family, and yeah, rest in peace, brother. It's uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a sad thing, a sad day. It is, like you say, not the kind of thing you want to wake up and hear in the morning. No, no, sadly. But um, so we'll we'll move on to to the other bits and bobs of of the pod. Um, so yeah, we'll just cover a couple of the bits uh, that I've been watching. So one uh, was was a series that we've kind of discussed a little bit between ourselves which was solar opposites uh which was uh, been mentioning that a lot so i have watched it yeah um so um it it was from justin roiland uh, and mike mcmahon uh who uh, both kind of have some part in in rick and morty now i know a lot of people have a lot of similarities between this and, and rick and morty for understandable reasons the um the animation is very similar uh, in some respects um it's, it's clearly from the same kind of studio um, that's it isn't it there, there are the similarities uh you know i'd say like futurama when futurama first started correct you know, yeah, it yeah looks like the simpsons even though it's yeah. nothing like the same show that, yeah, and it, I think, it, yeah i think it does that you know I, I was thinking the other day if someone walked past me while i was watching solar opposites and they were aware that i watched rick and morty or they were aware of rick and morty mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if that person walked behind me and went oh you're watching rick and morty yeah just by glancing at the telly and seeing what it looked like and by mm-hmm. hearing the voice of the main character, which is, you know, Justin Roiland doing the same voice. So, yeah. you know, I, I do see why that has happened. I don't believe that when you watch the show, that is the case. But I, I do see, you know, where that may have come from, I guess, you know. Uh, I mean, this is it. I mean, further down the line, we may see a crossover between the two, like we did with Simpsons and Futurama and this, that, and the other. Family it may happen. Stuff, Exa- yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I very much enjoyed this series. Uh, it was a little bit slower to, to get into. It does take a couple of episodes to kind of get the feel for the characters. Um, it, it's a little bit 
Zany, uh, it could be, I mean, weird, you know, again, comparing it to, to Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is very highbrow uh, for, for the sci-fi things. This is sci-fi, but it's also rooted in a bit more humanity because this is about aliens, you know, coming to Earth and trying to establish themselves as, as members uh, of Earth now. And so it's them trying to understand the human nuances of, of various things. Um it, it goes on various tangents from time to time, and it is more of a, I'd say, a bit more of a family sitcom than, than say, Rick and Morty, which is obviously is Rick and Morty. We don't always necessarily see the family. Uh, in, no, in they've that. done the odd episode here or there, haven't they? Yeah. But it's not really about them. No, but uh, let's be clear as well. When we say family, we don't mean like PG family. We, uh, we no, just no. mean as in there is a family of characters yes. that are focused on. Please yeah. do not let your children watch this television. No, 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 no. no. This is not child friendly. Uh, anything associated with Justin Roiland, I would imagine uh, is never really child friendly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, so the kids in this are just as entertaining as the the kind of two adult uh, characters. They're replicants, so they're essentially kind of clones, replicants of them, which is uh, a weird thing. Um, but the, the, there's an, also a, a wonderful side story, uh, which I'm sure you really probably enjoyed more, more than I did, uh, which is this kind of terrarium thing where the the kids shrink down uh, humans and put them into this kind of wall terrarium, and it kind of goes Mad Max style uh, in there and. It's just a it's just a kind of flu, uh, through flow throughout the series, which picks up in one of the later episodes and has a episode whole eight. episode dedicated episode to it. Episode seven or something? That uh, I think it's episode seven. Because um, I think it's called something like Corvo and Thingy Get a Bear. Yeah, they steal a bear. And, that, uh, that, is, and, uh, that episode is probably my favourite of the season, I think. I figured it would be, yeah. The amazing, <laughs> like, I do love the Terrarium storyline. I think that's really interesting. And yeah, they describe it as being... I think it's Escape from New York or something in the when the yeah. when Tim Tim first gets thrown in there and mm-hmm. it's, he describe uh, no it's uh, Sherry isn't it when Sherry first gets turned thrown in and Tim describes it to her as being like Escape from New York and she's like oh, I've seen that he's like oh yeah it's the same as that it's fine you'll get it um, yeah but yeah it's the it's the background humor because in the background yes. they're having an episode the char- the main aliens are having an episode so when you're looking out from the terrarium into the children's bedroom. There's all sorts of random, hilarious background shit going on, and it uh, yeah, it's that background humor that I love. Where you're trying to pay attention to the witty dialogue yes. in the foreground, but you're being distracted by the fact that there's a bear and some people in scouts' outfits in the in yeah. the background. You're like, what the fuck what is, going, is going, on going on there? On there? Yeah, um, and that's the thing. Uh, that was I... Fantastic. And also, isn't that the uh, uh, it, like because the the show brought a tear to my eye. There was one point that brought a tear to my eye, and that's when uh, Molly it, dies. Is it the betrayal? No, it's Molly. Oh, when yes, Molly. Molly drowned. Yes, Molly. Yeah. No, Molly. Oh, my that God. That broke me in half. Yeah, it's tragedy. I was tragedy. not ready for that. Absolute tragedy. I, I yeah, thought it was going to be some hilarious joke about yeah. mouse no. milk giving people a, an illness or something because he's no. selling the mouse milk. No, no. no. No, no, we're going to introduce a lovely, beautiful little character, show you this, and then kill her yeah. off. And then Molly, you know, pushes her, you know, oh, her, her carer away, making sure mm-hmm. he's safe, and then drowns. And you're like, and that's the thing. And it's oh, later on, oh. they look in the, in there and they see a, a dead mouse, and they're like, yeah. Ugh, you oh, need we to really need to clean this out. out. Yeah. It's like you know, there's a whole world going on in there, and that's it. Just the little the little things really crack me up. The stuff they do with it as well, where there's a guy who needs uh, the guy's diabetic, and the kids obviously don't understand humans. So they're like, oh, yeah, we, they, all they give us is sweets. They just give us candy all the time. So that's all we've got to eat because they don't know about what humans should eat. 
so they don't know what they need to be giving them to survive. Um, yeah, I think that part of it um, gripped me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. The rest of it took a little bit of time to grow, I agree. Uh, well, sorry, no, I know you don't feel like that, but I, I it just took a bit of time to grow for me. The, the bits where I struggled, I was thinking about it um, a bit more over the last week. And uh, like, take, for example, the second episode, which is the one about the, the replicants getting the little flowers on their heads and stuff. Yep. That, I didn't really like that story. And it didn't, and it didn't grip me because it's a bit of a high school sort of thing. And I just, I thought to myself, you know, I'm a bit past sort of high school drama shit now, you know? So it wasn't very interesting to me. Having said that, the end of the episode, where they do the ridiculous sci-fi weapons that will cure everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, it leads to that sequence, which is one of the most hilarious sequences I've seen in a long time. and slashing away. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a big action. to help them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a big martial arts sword yeah. fight, everyone getting chopped up, but actually it's healing them. And yeah. and I just thought that was a really funny flip on on the trope. But as I say, the episode itself didn't grab me for most of it because like I said, I was just like, Oh, it's a fucking high school storyline. I don't I'm not interested in that shit. Yeah. And the you know, the popular kids and all that and trying to fit in. I get it, because you know, that's the storyline the kids are gonna tell because they're going to high school for the first time. So I, I get why it's there. I just was a bit like, Oh, this this one isn't for me. Um, but like I say, as as they move on, it, it, I definitely, uh, you know, it grew on me. And the, I think the more you watch it as well, the more you realise because it to start with, I was like, oh, these are just going to be one one off sort of throwaway disposable episodes. You know, mm-hmm. I don't see, I haven't growth. seen quite as much heart in it as yeah. perhaps and, and character growth as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I just thought it was a bit more disposable to start with like it'd be a bit throwaway um but obviously the more you watch it the more you realize no actually you've got bubbling storylines under there the the, the pupa is obviously going to be come mm-hmm. to fruition at some point i would have thought that will continue to rustle underneath uh oh christ that episode with the pupa being a counselor to the old lady mm-hmm. i think it's like the last episode or something <laughs> And I thought the pupil was voiced by Liam Neeson because he sounds exactly like Liam Neeson, but I don't think it is actually Liam Neeson. Uh, no, it's... Uh, that it's just episode was... I pissed myself so hard when that pupil broke into the woman's house and then just started giving her a counselling session. Like, totally warped her mind and she was suddenly in the Matrix talking to the architect or something. It was so funny. Uh, just having a look here, it looks as though it's some some uh, relative of uh, of one of the co-creators, Mike McMahon, because it's uh, Sagan McMahon. So okay. I'm not entirely sure the relationship there. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but again, yeah, yeah the, it's Liam Neeson impression then. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's again some of the other uh, vo- voice actors in there as well. Thomas Middleditch, who who I recognise from uh, from Silicon Valley, obviously. Um, but Alfred Molina uh, as well as, yes, the, Duke. as the Duke. It's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, again, he's 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 brilliant. Um, there's just some really again like you say it's just the, the sometimes the throwaway things there's an episode where they're building kind of a a, a man cave you referenced the um, previous episode uh, how do i yeah and and it is just a joke you told me as an example and yes that is one of the jokes that made me absolutely piss myself when they get the the cold frozen the cold one the, the cold one they just open a fridge and it's like oh yeah you know you, you always like a cold, cold one. one and they grab <laughs> an actual frozen one and it, yeah. it still tickles me and i'm like yeah. just that that kind of little side humor the the small gags that you wouldn't 
necessarily go, oh, that's part of the main thing. Yeah, those uh, part of an interesting episode that one, the the the, Pati- ah, the Patricia device, wasn't it? That yes, the that Patricia was a, device. A very yeah. interesting gender focused episode. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I'm in the process of watching at the moment, haven't managed to finish, is the third season of Seven Deadly Sins, which again we've talked about on on the anime one and stuff like that. Very, very enjoy, very much enjoying this at the moment. Um, it um, kind of discusses and, and goes back and looks at the beginning, uh, kind of before the the first series was set, the, the holy war that kind of happened and began 3,000 years ago, which kind of leads up to this. So it's a bit of a history season uh, covering various things. So, so enjoyable, uh, really is. I've no idea where how it's going to end, so really looking forward uh, to, to continuing that at the moment. Um, but I'm sure you, I know, I think you've been watching a few films. I'm sure you've probably got a few. Uh, yeah, just a couple I was going to mention. Uh, we won't go too long, but um, yeah, I uh, I finally got around to watching Greyhound, the Tom Hanks World War Two. Uh, I thought it was all submarine-y, uh, but the trailer, because the trailer contains lots of submarines, um, it was supposed to release this year, but I believe Apple bought it and then put it on Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it is submarine but Tom Hanks isn't in the submarine. So Tom Hanks is um, in the headship, the Greyhound, of a supply convoy coming from America to the UK during World War II. And it covers a period of maybe two days, I think. Uh, where they're not cover, where they've got no air cover as they're crossing, and they are being hunted by the Wolf Pack, which was an infamous gang of German U-boats. Uh, and it it just basically follows like a couple of days of their story as they're going from one side of the pond to the other. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's really tense, really quite gripping, and it just cracks on. It just starts and gets going. Now, as a downside. You don't get a huge amount of character development all round. They they try and do a little bit with Tom Hanks' character and a couple of the other guys around him. But it's it's a film that's plot, you know. It is mm-hmm. the plot is driving it forwards because it's a timed based thing. So you are literally just getting a snapshot of, you know, these characters' lives at that moment. You're you're not getting to spend extended time with them to see development. Although as I say, they do try and do that with Tom Hanks' character a bit. But no, as a you know, hour and a half, hour and forty minutes, I, I thought it was good, gripping, entertaining. Tom Hanks was very good in it. Um, and then I'm um, now over here. I think it was called Le Mans '66, and yes, in the, the states I believe it was called Ford versus Ferrari. Correct. Uh, because apparently, well, I know in America, old crappy bangers, as we would call them, crappy cars. Uh, yeah, a banger, or a pup as we would call it, is called a lemon in America. And apparently, even though le and mon are two separate words, the film company were worried that people would think it was a film about 66 really shit cars. It's really nice that, um, you know, some of these studios really do think highly of the American intelligence. Of the American audience, I know. Jesus like, oh, come Christ. on, guys. Really? It's not even spelt the same, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's not how you spell lemon. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, yes, I watched that because obviously I'm a big car fan, a huge racing fan. Although, you know, I haven't watched much F1 this year because it's uh, been a bit stop-start and not, not all that great. But hope I'm hoping we'll get back to normal next year. Um, but, yeah, I, that I thought was fantastic. I thought it was really good. Um, everything, I, I'm very interested to see some 
back behind the scenes type stuff on it because the, mm. the everything looks incredible. Like I'm sure some of it must be CG because it must be, but mm. you know, it looks so good. And I couldn't have told you necessarily where it was and was CG and was practical or, you know, mm-hmm. it was really difficult to tell the sound work as well, particularly the Foley work on it is brilliant. The, you know, the car engine noises when you're in the car, the, the winds, the the crunching of the gear changes. It's all done fantastically well. Um, how true it is, I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I mean, I know the story is a true story, but, you know, the actual portrayal of the characters and the dialogue that Henry Ford says, yeah, there are times when I'm like, did he really say that? Mm. Uh, maybe, but either way, William Hurt is uh, almost unrecognisable, actually, as Henry Ford. It took me a few scenes before I went, oh, shit, that's who you are <laughs> under the makeup. Um, but yeah, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, very good doing you know, doing the main two characters. Um, I, a lot's been said about Christian Bale's accent in this film, and it yeah, it does bear repeating. Uh, I believe the bloke he's playing is originally from the Derby Nottingham area, which I always found quite a difficult accent because it's sort of halfway between Brummy and Full Northern. It's it's sort of in the middle of the two. I always, because I went to uni in Derby and I always struggled to emulate their accent because it had elements of uh, London dialect almost. Like the way they said the word trousers up there was the way a Cockney would say trousers. It was very strange. But then you went a bit further north and it changed again. It it was such Mm -hmm. a weird accent. But yeah, so sometimes he's a Brummy. Sometimes he's a Northerner. Sometimes he's somewhere in the middle. It it, (laughs) it does sort of tore the middle of England a little bit, I will be honest. But Uh, as as a film, I very much enjoyed it. If you like the guys, if you like the story, because it is an interesting story of, uh, you know, what happened if you're interested in your motorsport. So yeah, I, I would recommend it. Recommend yeah, I mean, his his accent can't be as bad as, say, Michael Fassbender's that suddenly went from, I'm trying to be an American to uh, a straight-up Irish guy in, in the middle of a film, and you're like, what was that? No, that was X-Men. one of the X-Men films, and yeah, it was yeah. just, it was so jarring. It was yeah. a terrible film anyway. That's where yeah, uh, accent yeah. changed during every X-Men film, and I'd argue that at the beginning of every every single individual X-Men movie he's in, I'd argue it starts with one accent and ends with another. <laughs> probably. Every probably, fucking yeah. film. I don't yeah. even think by the last one he did, he derived at what accent he was actually going for. No. Um, and, and oddly enough, I'd, I'd uh, this morning I woke up again and read the reviews for, for New Mutants, which I'm very pleased to see got absolutely savaged. Uh, oh, because it, it, looks, yeah. it looks terrible. And even one of the co-creators of uh, many of the new mutants being a big x-men fan it did uh, you know and uh, and yeah so even though they'd obviously taken his characters and tried to portray it on screen and he had a problem with whitewashing of of robert the costa which i understand you know i understand for for a number of reasons they actually misspelled his name in the credits oh god and so he just basically was like i'm i am done with this film he's like that's it that film is there it's in print and one of the co-creators of these characters that they've been mulling around and fucking around with for the past three years, and they misspelled his name. And that just shows the level of quality I think that film had. I mean, Dis- who's it released by? Is it actually Disney that's released it? Is it, it is Disney. Disney. Yeah, it's still under the Fox One wing, of those ones, they, you know. when they got it, they must have been like, oh, fuck, have we still got to release this shit? Why were we getting this as part of the deal? Couldn't we have bought Fox and said, no, but you can keep New Mutants. We don't yeah. want... 
it's it is a shame. I mean, the, I don't know whether they should have. It's one of those. It should have just gone direct to DVD or something. It was. It's. It, it looked atrocious way back when. Oh, I, mean, I didn't. How many like times it's been delayed now? Not just COVID. I oh mean, god, it's been oh, yeah. Two or three times yeah. before that, wasn't it? There, there yeah. were problems. Clearly, there were clearly many, many problems. Yeah. But anyway, let's um, let's move on from that. So let's discuss the oh, the thing I've been so excited that you finally finally got around to watching. Indeed. So. I'm God, so let, happy. Me just, let me uh, let me just intro it a little bit. So, Come yes, on. finally, always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I don't know why I had, wasn't watching this when it started in 2005. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. probably because it wasn't on telly in this country. I'd have thought, and back then I was probably still stuck on that because this what 2005. That's a year after Friends finished. I was, I'd have been looking for this because it's like Friends the next level. Mm-hmm. because everything's a bit more adult and a bit harsher. Um, I have never in my life seen a show about a bigger bunch of fucking assholes in my <laughs> life. But Jesus Lovable assholes. Christ, they are funny as fuck. And yes, they become lovable because they get their comeuppance a lot. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Like I've always said on uh, you know on this show before when we've discussed things, I struggle with a with a uh, an unlikable lead. I really do. I I need something to glom onto. And when I first started this, I was like, Jesus, I'm laughing my ass off. But these guys are fuckers. They they <laughs> would stab their own mother in the fucking heart if it got them rich. They, you know, they would rob their own mother's house as yeah, they as they may actually do. <laughs> exactly. It's like these these guys are just horrible. But yeah, it. They they become likable. Like Charlie, I pity him. I I feel so sorry for him most <laughs> of the time. But then there's an episode that we'll come to when you're like, "Why are you doing all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Why are you... that doesn't make any sense? You're doing this to yourself, you idiot." Um, I also spent most of the the first four series of this thinking that uh the co-creator Rob McElhenney, I want to say, yeah, I thought that was Dennis. Nope. For about four seasons. And then I saw an episode and was like, oh, sh-. no, I looked up something on IMDb and was like, oh, shit. No, you're not him. You're, you're some, you're, you're Mac. Oh, okay. Cause Mac is a fucking idiot, but somehow the smartest one there. Dennis. Deba- well, it's debatable <laughs> for many reasons. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Dennis is the most vapid, shallow, Eyes, everything I hate in men, essentially. Oh, uh, yeah, but carry I, on. I have to, I have to rein in what I want to say at points because yeah, I know, I'm and so you will because obviously you're so far, much further. And I, I, I and, and yes, I'm aware. As I say, all of this around mm. this stuff, things may change. Obviously, mm. I know that, and I'm open-minded as to see the character development because clearly there will be. Again, I thought this might be a bit throwaway because nothing seemed to lead to anything else, and each episode seems to be its own self-contained thing. Um, but you get the the repeating characters, Cricket and the waitress, um, the McPoyles. Uh, the oh fucking hell, <laughs> fucking hell! Some of the episodes with those two in. Uh, is it the one? Where, oh, what are they watching? They go for a football game or something. They go to a football game and the whole McBoyle family shows up. Yeah, oh, the tryouts. They, yeah, the tryouts. tryouts. Yeah. And for the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles tryouts. And Jesus Christ, they turn up with the whole family in the Winnebago, and oh, 
God. Yes, Jesus. Those two of I'm sure I dry heaved at one point in an episode where those. I, I don't doubt it. I do not it's doubt just, it. It's the dressing gowns and the. the mm-hmm. They managed to make them look so sweaty and horrible. Yeah. I feel like I can taste the sweat through the telly. It's disgusting. But, you know, well done, costume department. <laughs> but yeah. I. I uh, and. Yeah, D, bless her. I feel really bad for D. <laughs> she's just. She's always the periphery. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll mention Frank when he gets introduced, but, cause I do think he added something important. Oh, massively, massively. Um, um but yeah, yeah so, I mean, I, I can't believe I haven't been watching this. I'm so glad I have finally. I mean, how many years have I been telling you for the yeah, what last decade or so? Maybe probably 10 to 15 years. Cause that's when it's been <laughs> running, hasn't it? So, um, so yeah, as, as you say, so this started off as uh, a series back in, uh, well, they kind of started doing it 2004, uh, but it didn't come out until 2005. So they actually shot the original pilot, not the one that we see. The original pilot was shot uh, kind of on a very kind of handheld camera. It was very rough. It was very, you know, very loosely cut together. But it was the performances of the main cast um, that that was what was the selling factor for it. They they loved it so much that they commissioned it to series and rightfully so i mean it's just so i mean it's been such a ride for the last 15 years watching this no joke it's it's been an absolute ride because the characters have gone on such changes you see the subtle differences and 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 changes as you go along the series dennis seems like the most grounded person and seems pretty sensible as it starts and the more it goes on the more you see the dark depraved sociopath that he is um and I, all i can say is it doesn't get any easier as time goes on it gets worse so you've Very got lovely. that to look forward to <laughs> um, mac is as you say like mac is such a funny character he he likes to think he's the intelligent one and this, well yeah the, the other. it was when they were the paradigm they were discussing the paradigm of the group and he yeah. was like well, i'm the brains you're the you're the looks and you're the wild card yeah and, and then it's like but mac then suddenly kind of thinks oh actually maybe i'm the muscle because he's the bouncer of the bar yeah exactly. um and he goes on quite a trajectory over the course of the show again i'm not going to say too much because there's plenty more for you to, to to pick up on charlie is he is so sweet and innocent at times and then you just suddenly see this smash of 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 the craziness of charlie like you you see him and you just think he's sweet and innocent and a bit a little bit out there but then you do see occasional moments of absolute insanity from him yeah and it is i think that's the the correct word for it that the there's no other word for some of the stuff he does than pure insanity and and like you know like a magpie almost he sees something crazy yes. and goes oh i'm gonna do that yeah. when it wasn't even on his you know a, a general radar to do that thing he's just like yeah. yep i'm gonna go and do that now yep yeah. uh you've got sweet d who is the you, you would think oh okay you've got these three very dominant male alphas and then you've got sweet d uh who's just kind of you know he's just the bird uh, who's just she, she is upon... the female of the group. Yeah, she, but but the thing is, she's as big of an asshole in oh, yeah. the group than the guys are. And that's the thing to begin with. You think, oh, she's the kind of light relief. She, she's actually not as bad as the guys. In some way, she's fucking worse. And yeah, that's what makes it better. It, 
the only reason that she ever goes against them is generally because she's not been involved in whatever their crazy thing has been that episode. And she wants to one-up them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And so... So here's uh, here's a couple of, of fun uh, funny anecdotes that you may or may not be aware of. Uh, that Mac and D in real life are married. Caitlin Olsen and Rob McElhenney are actually married in real life. Right. Okay. Okay. Charlie and the waitress. No. Are also married in real no! life. No. Yes. Really. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yes. How long have they been married, man? Because Literally, the episode I've just finished, uh, I watched one episode this morning, so I had one episode of season four mm-hmm. to finish before recording. Uh, and I watched one episode this morning. I, and it, I'm trying it, to remember, is it The Nightman Cometh? It is The Nightman ah, Cometh. You've and seen if, it, thank God. Wonderful. If they were not married, if they if they were married when doing that sequence at the end of the musical, yeah, where he, that's, because I believe they don't like each other. Like mm-hmm. they're so good at she is so good at with that deadpan No, mm-hmm. Charlie, no. No. Now, I've held up my end of the bargain, That's so I never have to see you again. Yeah. Bye. Uh, oh God. Wow. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. i that. Uh well I'll, I'll mention it now because we've obviously just said about the Nightman Cometh. Uh, they also took the Nightman Cometh on a theatre run. Once that uh, episode had come out, they actually went and did a, a little tour of The Nightman Cometh. They obviously did some other material on top of it, but yes, they actually went and uh, and, and performed The Nightman Cometh live. That would have been fantastic to see. I was like, oh my God, like, if only I'd have been around, and et cetera, et cetera, that would have been uh, the, the joy. Yeah, of like so when, when we get to that episode, there's some... Yes, um, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. So let's... Um, as as is usual for me, uh, we're going to go. We'll take it season by season. Now, it's going to be hard because there are four seasons, and there that well, the first season uh, is short. The the next few get bigger. So I think we're going to have to kind of go through and because uh, I could sit here for literally six hours and just talk about Always Sunny. Um, oh, I know. That's yeah, why I decided I, yeah. to only yeah. We'll go to season four. We, we, we can we'll get go to season, season four we can and get then to the yeah. end of season four today if you want to. But we'll see how much time we've got. We'll see. We'll see how much time we we have, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hopefully, you'll enjoy the journey uh, and, just... and our trip to Paddy's Pub. Indeed. Uh, I'm just going to cover, just in case we don't mention the episodes they're in, uh, two the two standout cameos for me this season, mm-hmm. this first season. Uh, I, were... I already know one. I already know Go one. On. Uh, it will be a certain uh, individual who may have voiced the Flash in the Justice League episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yep. Brilliant to see him again. I haven't seen Michael Rosenbaum in years. Obviously, it was 2005, so I still haven't seen him in years. But, you know, true. it was nice to see him. With Uh, hair as well. The other one is Dennis Haskins, who was was Mr. Belding in Saved by the Bell. Mm -hmm. He's in there. Mm -hmm. He plays a character called Chris Murray. Uh, I I haven't, again, you know, just nostalgia. I was like, oh, my God, it's Mr. Belding. What are you Mm -hmm. doing? Uh, and also, uh, Jimmy Simpson, who obviously goes off and, and does very good in, in Westworld, as uh, Liam McPoyle. Uh, you still, I, yeah, I watched. Thank that. you. I didn't know his. Uh, I didn't know his name because, yeah, I knew him from, like you say, Westwood is is the first place I really became aware of him properly. He was just one of those faces that I see in films. Otherwise, yes. Um, and uh, and also Brittany Daniel, uh, who again re- reoccurs. She was from uh, Sweet Valley High, I think it was back she, in. Right, yes, I've 90s. just looked at the picture. You're absolutely right. She was one of the sister, uh, one of the twins, twins wasn't she, on yeah. Sweet Valley High. 
and she does reoccur as as it goes on, which is which is fantastic. Um, so, oh fuck, I know who Carmen is. Oh my god, that was Brittany Daniel. Oh, I don't feel bad for thinking she was attractive now. Ah, <laughs> oh, that that'll be. A I was getting get confused to. about myself. I really was watching that shit. I was like, <laughs> damn, you're, you're really hot, man. I'd I'd be there with Mac. I really would. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay, so we'll, we'll, let's start Damn, season I used to one. love that joke as well. <laughs> <laughs> the only See, reason I know about Sweet though. Valley High was because of this, because the of the bloody twins. They were hot. Oh. They were hot twins. What can you oh, say? Oh, thank you. You've you reminded go. me of some beautiful nostalgia I've not had for years. Um, um, so, I mean, the first episode of the first series. I mean, you, you, you <laughs> title an episode like this, and you kind of yeah. go, "Are you really going to do a series like this?" And it's the gang gets racist. Yeah. Now, it's going to be interesting for me when we get later to see whether they're still going quite as hard as this, because obviously this was 2005. You potentially could have gotten away with titling a, a, an episode, The Gang Gets Racist, without a backlash, but... I'm going to say they continue to be just as varied and weird as they ever would I, I would, be. I, I want them to be, don't get me wrong, because, you know, I, I, I hate censoring comedy. I don't, you know, if you don't want... if. It, don't want to like it if you don't want to watch it and you think it's going to upset you then don't watch it that's fair enough you know no one's yeah. forcing you to um but you know if other people find it funny and joke then that's isn't that okay i don't know but anyway yeah. um yes this one oh god so many hot topics because they yeah they <laughs> and they try and turn it into a gay bar yeah the episode yeah <laughs> Oh dear! And they're also basically it's it's Mac and Charlie very much trying to prove that they're not prejudiced uh, and they're not racist because somebody here overhears uh, Charlie kind of using um, a, a racial slur and so it's them trying to prove it and much as they try, it's like the gang is just you know it's it's the gang trying their hardest to prove something that they're not, but at times you just kind of go, you are a little bit guys, come on, um, and it's. It's their attempts, as usual. It's their attempts to to push that away from themselves, and then it just makes the situation worse. Which, in a nutshell, is pretty much most episodes of Sunny. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, just fantastic. Um, I, I think, like you say, it's, it, it it plays on a bit that I think the show is really good at as well, which is, yeah, because like you say, they get themselves in trouble, and then they try and talk them their way out of it. And there's so many episodes where something happens, and then they try and get out of it, and it just makes it worse. Which you know, classic trope. But I, I, yeah, I love the way they do it, and it's with with Always Sunny. I find it's it's generally the dialogue, and that's why I like it more. I think because it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's clever dialogue. It's difficult to write dialogue that can be taken two ways. It can be taken totally literally one way and mean one thing and then be taken metaphorically another way and mean something entirely different and the opposite to the point you're actually trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And this show a few times, again, uh, The Nightman Cometh features such lines that taken from Charlie's point of view mean one thing. Viewed from the outside when heard sung <laughs> as a song seem to imply something entirely different. And I think that's really, really intelligent, clever comedy writing on the, on you know to do that. So we go from that into Charlie wants an abortion. Yeah, and again, this episode comes up, and I'm like, oh my god! So now we're going for abortion. Fuck. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is it. Like but, straight away, you kind of go. This is one where they kind of some pretty hot topics. Yeah, here. yeah. But again, this is 
this is one where they're like, actually, we're not going to touch this topic because mm. it's an abortion thing. The only reason they're interested is because they want to see whether the chicks will bang more on the right to life or the pro-choice side. They're not yep. sure which yep. one the chicks will be more likely to bang. And yep. isn't it Mac succeeds and Dennis keeps failing, so Dennis joins the other side and gets uh, he gets like um, stoned or something, doesn't he? As he's climbing over the fence to the other side. <laughs> and uh, just... like Dee D and uh, Charlie and shit are throwing stuff at him and stuff. Oh, God. But yeah, I love that one because I was like, oh God, serious topic. And then actually within 10 minutes, you realize, oh no, no, we're, we're not interested in the debate. Actually, we're going around the debate this time. Yes. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I like that as well. I, the other thing I would say is obviously by, you know, when you've watched a few of them, the amount of times that I have pissed myself at the line that you know is coming before the intro, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's the episode setup, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. It's the, you know, uh, well, I'm just looking at episode seven. It's the gang are sat around. Charlie comes. Something happened. Charlie walks out. <gasps> Charlie got molested. Mm-hmm. Cut to always sunny intro. It, it it's the setup for the episode. But the amount of times that that simple line that I know is coming because it's in the intro title and the episode title, so I know it's coming. But it it still makes me laugh. The the little setups they do, and it just ends on those lines. It's just fucking brilliant sometimes so we go to underage drinking like I said, the, the reason underage i'm mentioning these is the first term, yeah. three episodes we've gone racism abortion and then underage drinking i mean yeah. and this is you know this is the gang basically using the, the bar as a safe haven safe haven sorry for underage drinkers uh that can come in and again they reference this numerous times in the future that they kind of call back so this is one of those episodes, uh, which is is funny. Um, and again, it's just it's so again, there's so many quotes and, and things like that. But this is one of those ones where D is obviously talking to to this kid, and she's like, "Oh, I've never statutory raped anybody before." Um, and he's like, "Oh, oh okay. God, yes." And he's like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll tell you what to do. Let's just take it slow." She's like, "Oh, you're so sweet. Where were you was I, when I was in high school?" And he's like, <laughs> I, "I was eight. <laughs> um i've got plenty of these by the way i've got there are quotes galore for oh there there are some i've written down admittedly more towards season four because i just i was just watching this thing to start with and then i started realizing i should really write down some some of the lines and stuff but um so we'll 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 touch on the next one, and then we'll we'll just start jumping around because i think that's is probably the easiest Uh, like i said the reason i mentioned the first few is because um, just the topics that are involved. I mean, the next one is Charlie has cancer, and he announces that he's 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 dying with, with cancer, um, because essentially he wants to get with the waitress. Yeah, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it's uh, all again, about the note I'm reading here. Is about the Mac uses this news to his own advantage. Yeah, what a character uses the news that his best friend has cancer to his own advantage. That's the game. What? But that's the gang. <laughs> that's the people we're dealing with. And like you say, that's the gang. And that is another thing that I I yeah, it they are the gang. And I now see as well why you you have this show on in the background sometimes when you're cooking dinner or whatever. I get it. Cause it feels like the gang's in the room. Mm-hmm. It it feels like the gang are sat chatting and you're you know, while you're making dinner or whatever. It it works. It really mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so then we get to Gone Fever, which is obviously featuring uh, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, yes, as, as you mentioned. Um, again, straight from the off, you look at this guy and go, okay, he's the robber. And the gang are just completely taken in by this really sweet-talking guy and the completely gullible idiots that they are. And again, that's the gang down to a T. They like to think of themselves as smart and this, that, any other than not. They're a bunch of morons most of the time, and that's what's so lovable about them. I, I, I Yeah, I'm hoping for some... There are certain characters who I do want to get back at them, who I don't feel have managed to yet. Particularly Cricket. I'm still, I'm still rooting for Cricket. I want Cricket to fucking break someone's legs or something. I'm waiting. He's gonna go. He's gonna go mental at some point. I swear, and just start murdering people. Uh, if that's what you hope, <clears throat> if that's what. You yeah, hope. no, don't worry. I'm sure he's I'm probably just a keep... damn word. I'm, oh, I'm sure God. he's probably going to be a dead horse that's just going to continue getting kicked and kicked and kicked and kicked because every time they'll just throw, "Hey, do you want to date Sweet D?" and then he'll just you do have. whatever they want. No idea how bad. It oh, is. I'm sure I don't. I thought it got <laughs> no bad. Idea I bad thought it was bad when he turned up in fucking. Oh god, the episode where he's broken his legs and he's drunk and just ah, oh. yeah. That I was like, no, no, what are you doing? This is too far. It gets, and then worse. it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it it gets worse. Um, so again, like so, so the, the the rest. I mean, the, the the first season just set the precedence for me. It's absolutely. It was ridiculous in the sense of, okay, they're going to try and push the envelope as much as they can within the first season. If they ever get picked up for anything more than that, then anything else might be tame in comparison. And oh, how little did I know? Um, which one's next? The gang finds a dead guy. Oh, Christ. The yes, the Nazi uniform. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes to see, yeah. <laughs> that was a heck of a one. Yeah. And uh and then Charlie got molested. Charlie got molested, yeah, which as you say as I say starts in the bar with everyone reading the story about a school teacher getting molesting people and Mac is like, "Oh, well, I was never molested and I was in the same class as Charlie." And Charlie's like, "What?" Uh mm. so everyone thinks Charlie's been molested. But of course then Mac gets pissed off that he wasn't molested. So he goes to see the coach to to try and get molested by the coach. Yeah. Oh my god. Again, it's just again, it's just the gang, right? They just handle it. Yeah, I really could I was in pieces watching that episode. Yeah, this is it. This is the gang. Where Mac turns up with those fucking short shorts on. It's just oh yeah, look at this. Look at my thighs. Mmm. Oh God! Oh, it just destroyed me. It destroyed me. I'm sure this looks really weird on the thing. I've, I've, I'm crying as we talk about this because most of it makes me laugh that much. So there are tears of joy coming down my face as I. Uh, he is actually rubbing his eyes as, with, uh, as we discuss this. So with, I am wiping my yeah. eyes with a tissue as we go along, because um, genuinely <laughs> I've got tears of, of laughter coming down my face. Um, and so we go from from a, a hugely successful first season. It was critically praised uh, yeah, for, for being was, completely different. And this is the thing: I, FX was you the network. Surprised for me it. that the first season wasn't that great. You it was more well. The thing is, is that I feel it goes from strength to strength. I agree. I agree. But I, I'll be honest, mate. The the fact that you told me the first season wasn't that great is the reason that I didn't start the show ages ago. 
It was. I was like, see, oh, is, I've got to get through the first season to get good. And for me, it's it's just because it gets better every season. I'm like, oh, yeah, the yeah. First no, season no, no, is, no. Is good because I get every other saying. season is so much better. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I get what you're saying. But no, I I think that's a really good first season. I really enjoyed it, and yeah, I was on board immediately. And I don't even like. Obviously, the second series we get Frank introduced, um, and I didn't think there was anything missing. But when he comes in. He sort of fills a hole that you didn't realise was there, I think. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, it doesn't feel like anything's missing when you watch the first season. No. But after that season, you're like, oh, yeah, hasn't Frank always been there? Because yeah. it just feels like he fills that hole. I, I'm pleased with the way they brought him in, because, again, knowing that he was coming in, I was like, how are you going to introduce this character? What's How is he going to come into this? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they did it really nicely, felt really organic, works quite nicely. So uh, the reason Danny DeVito got invited in is because he he was a huge fan of the show uh, and he was also a friend of uh, the fx studios president um uh john langraff that was his name and uh, basically um rob mckillany asked to set up a meeting so that he could meet danny devito and um and basically they pitched him uh, about the idea of frank reynolds and he was like yeah that's great but i'm i'm, I'm you know i've got other commitments i, I can only do for a, a short period so they shot all of his stuff in for this second season in 20 days. They shot all really? of Frank's stuff and then kind of did the others. So this is why you may see, uh, and it kind of carries on from time to time, you'll see episodes with just, you know, the gang and not necessarily Frank. As it goes on, there's also a couple of episodes with, like, the gang without Dennis. Again, because Dennis, uh, very, very late, much, 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 much later in the show, he's gone off and, and done another show, and there's a whole thing about has Dennis left or not. So that's, again, something. But the fact that they managed to cram 20 days worth of Danny DeVito and still managed to get him in the whole series just shows that the quality and caliber of the interactions between them and him and how well it gelled. I mean, again, you know, we're, we're 14 seasons in. My apologies, I said 15 earlier. It is 14. Uh, they're in the process of, of writing. They're in the process of writing fifteen at the moment. So you know, uh, but the fact that they gelled so well together, like you say, Frank comes in at the beginning of season two, and you're like, oh, this is a new character, but he feels like he's already a part of the that's the it. gang. That's it. He just slots straight in. Like I said, there, there was clearly a hole somewhere that didn't have a peg in it, but none of us could see it in the first season, and yeah, and that just slots in. You go, oh yeah, we've got a complete set now. That's that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, so we're introduced to Frank. So he 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 jumps in front of uh, Dennis's car. Uh, you know, Frank being Dennis and Dee's uh, father, and uh, and and Dennis is so scared he he reverses uh, and hits hits Charlie with his car. And, and Charlie gets crippled. <laughs> Charlie gets crippled. Hence the title of the episode. Um, uh, so this is just the introduction of Frank reconnecting with his kids, who he basically has been very much estranged with. Uh, you know. For, for a long time they don't think highly of him he doesn't exactly think highly of them either um but um it's his his relationship that begins the budding relationship with with charlie more than anything else uh, because they seem to gel right from the off um and so you know they they take you know they take frank to a strip club they want to show him kind of you know the dirt and grime of their lifestyle as opposed to you know this is frank he's reynolds so. he's like a yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a high executive businessman. Well, that's the impression that we get. We obviously, trust me, you learn a lot more about Frank as, as time goes on. He's not as, uh, you know, highbrow business exec as he is. Um, so to, to go <clears throat> to the strip club, um, 
Charlie decides that he's um he's he's gonna <clears throat> he's gonna dress up for the occasion because he doesn't want to just go in there with like you know crippled legs in a wheelchair. That's right. I, I remember him as just going in in a wheelchair, but he doesn't, does he? Mm-hmm. No, no he, he he dresses up for the occasion. So he dresses up he as an army vet, and um, <laughs> and as soon as as soon as he gets in there, um, you know, the stripper goes up to him. And he's like, "Oh, what happened to you?" And he's like, "God damn, for knows what happened, bitch! Don't give me a beer." And it's just like straight away, you're like, "Oh shit, Charlie's taking on that persona." And again, it's just hitting. Season two hits the ground running, and and then some. Well, like you say, because it just—it's so ridiculous. Because he goes with that, and you're like, "Oh, so that's as ridiculous as this is going to get?" No, 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 no. Because then Frank will go and get a, a wheelchair as well, yeah, and pretend to be in a wheelchair so that he can get attention from the uh, from the strippers and stuff. And this is the thing: I, I at the beginning of this, I thought, "Oh, well, Frank's coming in to be that parental role, to be that." sensible sounding board that the gang doesn't have you know the one to go oh for fuck's sake guys that's fucking ridiculous don't do that shit and then actually very quickly you realize no 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 he's he's on board and just as shady almost you know he's a bit wheeler dealer himself he he wants to have a go at scamming people and uh what does he describe it as you know living on your wits or whatever it is you know just yeah ah I can't think of the phrase I'm trying to think of. It's not said in this show, but it is a way to describe that lifestyle. But we'll go with Wheeler Dealer because it sort of mm-hmm. means the same thing in this country. Um, uh, but yeah, he's very much like that. And, and you know, scamming, living hand to mouth, all that sort of stuff he actually quite enjoys. So he, he's quite happy to get involved in their stupid scams. <laughs> and, and that's it. Right from this, he kind of embraces the lifestyle that they're leading. He's like, oh, I had so much fun doing this. And he realizes he doesn't want to go back to his wife and his old life. He'd rather be part of the gang. And this is it. This is him now trying to ingratiate himself and find his shoehorn his way one way or another into the gang. So we get the gang goes jihad and um, yeah. just, I, I just have to pause there because you just still kind of it's still the scene where they're um, where they're just kind of they, they shoot a video and they, they're just they, they you know they send the video and it's them trying to be you know jihadis and, and they've got like a towel around their head and uh, it, it's and almost like it puts four lions to shame really sure in some ways, their their version of the video. Um, yeah, let's skip over that one because that was <laughs> that one's too close to the knuckle. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so Dennis and Dee go on welfare. God, that one was fucking hilarious because it's <sighs> just because I've often you know you look at this country and you think about welfare and how easy it would be to get on welfare and stuff and just to you know if I just stopped working and uh, if I got. F- fired or whatever i don't know because there are rules in this country you can't just quit your job and go and join you've got to be fired or lose your job in some other way to claim benefits and things but yeah it's just, all right we're gonna go on welfare so that we can pursue our dreams and then they realize the welfare runs out and then if you're if you're a drug addict though you can probably get it back again so then they get hooked on crack <laughs> so they can get some welfare back and <sighs> it's just oh it's fucking it, again it's it, it's one of the episodes that works for me because they're dickheads, they're assholes, they're trying to play the system, and they end up on their fucking asses with nothing. Yeah. So it works. 
they have had their comeuppance. They tried yeah. to work the system and it fucked them in the ass. Or they um... at least they didn't gain anything from it, you know? No, yeah, it's it like you say, it's the scene that they, they they go in there and they're just like, Oh yeah, we'd like to claim welfare, please and it's like, Oh yeah, it doesn't work like that and then eventually they go back in, it's like, Oh yeah, they're on crack and they're like trying to you know, they they're shaking and, and everything and they have to go back to Frank to kinda of go, could, could could you could you send us to rehab? All the while, um, you know, Mac and, and Charlie um with with Frank attempting to try and hide some of his money from his wife, he, he gives Charlie access to the money and so they go on a massive spending spree and uh, and frank kind of takes this and goes you know what charlie i respect that i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a promotion and max like, oh i did the same i did the same he's like no you're a piece of shit and a thief you get dick yeah <laughs> and, and again, again he just shows the budding relationship between frank and charlie which will continue Christ, um, yeah, they have a closer relationship than i would like to have with any of my friends yeah <clears throat> yeah um so then, uh, I don't Matt want to Banks... be so close to you that there could be a poop between us. No, um, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> Mac, Mac, Mac bangs uh, Dennis's mum. Um... Oh, God, this was hilarious. Uh, oh, who plays his mum? Who plays his mum? Because I know that actress, I just haven't looked it up before this. Who, uh, what? Um, uh, Barbara. Anna. Barbara. Uh, Ann Archer is the name. What's she from, man? I forgot to look her up beforehand, but I swear I know her from something. I recognise her as a mum from something. Christ, she's in Man of the House. She, she, she's in quite a number of things. I think I might know her from Clear and Present Danger, to be honest. Uh, okay. Or The Art of War, the 2000 uh, Snipes movie. Um, yeah, sadly, um, the, sorry, she's, she's a character. Sadly, that even even the the guys who made the show have said they they kind of wish they they'd had her stick around a little bit longer. They think they probably could have got some more um, story out of it. But basically, you you, you get uh, you you see Bar and and she she really doesn't think too highly of her kids. She doesn't really think too highly of her of her husband either. Um, she she really doesn't like her daughter. Um, she's the worst. That will come up a little bit later, um, and and yeah, it's it's basically uh, you know Mac is is supposed to go and get Frank's toupee, um, but he ends up having sex with Barbara and then develops such a crush that he just can't let go, and it's it's again it's Mac just clinging on to any kind of relationship that he can get, and fucking hell, one um, of the ones, one of the first ones where they're all working against each other, like yeah. Mac. Mac is working against um he's he, you know he he wants to get back at Dennis or whatever and Charlie's using the information with D to try and sleep with the waitress and D's playing Charlie back to Mac and it's all that massive web of fucking interplay and backstabbing that's going on because again there's one I've seen yeah in the last couple of days that's literally they're on the phone going right okay uh, yeah, he's a dickhead. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right, right, right. And then you cut to that person, and that person's talking to the other person in the same room, going, "Yeah, no, fuck him. He's a dickhead. Fuck mm-hmm. him. We're gonna do mm-hmm. this. Yeah, right, yep. okay." And then you cut to that person talking to the, another member of the gang, going, "No, no, no. Fuck them. We're together. Yeah, yeah." Uh, Unsurprisingly, this is a recurring theme throughout the entirety of. All oh yeah, stuff. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even I've noticed that, and we're only four seasons in. Um. So we go to Hundred Dollar Baby, um, which is, uh, but basically. Yeah. A boxing one where where D cripples somebody, which is Jesus Christ, and uh, she and Charlie both get kind of hooked 
on uh, on steroids and become roid yeah. rages. Um, Ch- Charlie, we realise can take a that's ridiculous it. amount of punishment. That's what made me fucking laugh so much in this episode is that Charlie's no good at fighting. He can just take a fucking pounding, so it's okay. Yeah, and it's just Mac and Dennis just smashing in with everything, just yeah. oh shit God. out with anything they can find. Um. The gang gives back, so this is uh, again going from the the gang goes jihad, and, and they're now sentenced to do some community service. Uh, Charlie is sent to AA, where he meets up with a waitress. So he tries to develop a thing going there with the waitress, whereas the gang, the rest of the gang, has to go uh, and and coach basketball, uh, kind of a basketball league thing, uh, like un, you know uh, youth basketball clubs. And, uh, and and as usual, they go in and it's like, okay, we'll have all of you. So they pick all the African-American kids who clearly are very good at basketball and then all the fat and retarded kids on, on the other side. And it's like, you can't do that. You know, that's no, that's wrong. For so many reasons, that's wrong. Um, there's so many, so many things like, and then by the end, like Frank's doing underground betting on the thing, and yeah, he's Jesus running Christ. his underground. Because it's the bit where he start, you start to it. They start to introduce the sort of uh, the, the sort of Chinese market uh, mm-hmm. poker club that Frank yes. seems to be running, yeah, from time to time in the back of the club. Because I'm sure there's one where he comes up, and he's like, ah, oh, they're, they're up in the ante. This guy's going to bet it's something ridiculous or something, isn't it? Someone bets a bets a part of their body or something mm. in one of them. I'm sure. Um, yes. Is that the one where the uh, the waitress actually sleeps with Dennis? Um, no, I, I think it's a little bit like... She's Charlie's sponsor so that she can get closer to Dennis. Yeah, it's it's all about getting like closer to Dennis. I feel like it's a little bit later that she ends up... I can't, I it's so well, hard to remember some of the... To be honest, the episode's yeah. probably called Dennis Bangs the Waitress, isn't it? So... Uh, I know that one of them is like Max banging the waitress. I think that's yes, Max bangs the waitress or tries. Yeah. To... Does he succeed? I can't remember. They she do hand stuff. Playing him quite a lot. They, they do hand stuff, and apparently, oh uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or so he says. Um, so the gang exploits a miracle um, so that they find a water stain in the office that they believe uh, resembles the Virgin Mary. So Frank starts charging people to come in, and it's like you know, you get like the old woman who I've seen in a. Um, you know what? She's Carla's mother in Scrubs. Carla's mother in Scrubs. Carla's mother in Scrubs is the woman that comes up, and uh, and she kind of drops like a single coin into the tin, and that's who I've just remembered. It's Carla's mother in in Scrubs, because I remember she comes into the 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 bedroom once with Turk, and he's like, "Tell your mum to put the the thing down," and it's the same woman. I'm sure it is. I don't know whether you're looking at that, but anyway. Um, but this is also... Um, okay, um, so what? this is also when we, we when um, we, we get to... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the first time that we meet um, Cricket as well. Yes, I think it is, isn't it? Because it's the preacher bit. Yes. Um, so a former admirer, as, as it's listed here, basically somebody who back in high school was very much in love with D and very much still is. And um, this just begins the the downward spiral of cricket. Unfortunately, um, yeah, it doesn't get any nicer for cricket. He's a I'm, successful I'm... Catholic priest at this stage, isn't he? Yeah, at this point, he's a successful Catholic priest. He's uh, you know doing very well for himself. He's he looks like a human being. 
yes, read into that what you will. Yes. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't go well for him. Uh, again, but again, it, it's just this: it, the gang exploiting a miracle. It, this, of course, they would because it's the gang. Uh, they try to to make money out of anything, especially Frank. You know, he sees something like that, and but it's how they're trying to extort people out of stuff is just and okay. I'm like Dennis in this one because. D tells him his face is fat, doesn't he? Doesn't she at the beginning? And then he spends the entire episode essentially <laughs> starving himself to try and thin his face out. <laughs> yes, um, he, he, yeah, he pretty much doesn't eat. Uh, he, he, yeah, he, he. And I think this is the one where D uh, isn't D properly chasing the priest in this one, like because there's one well... like, going to confession and stuff, and she's sat in the confession next to him going. But what if someone really, really liked someone? Yes, it's be with them and blah 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 blah, and, and then yeah. walking out of that place and going, yeah. "Oh no, I've got no interest in him whatsoever." Yeah, it, the whole thing is to kind of get him to bless the the water That's stain. It. That's it. They want him to bless the thing, don't they? They so want to officiate it and all this. That's so, it. yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, so uh, again, I, I had to pick this one because it's a Charlie quote in this one. Um, and he's just like, you know what, dude? It, just hear me out for a second, okay? Now, technically, that stain did appear to me. Um, also, I am familiar with carpentry, and I don't know who my father is. So, am I the Messiah? I don't know. <laughs> I could be. I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, good God. Um, yeah. So, we go into... Um, Oh God! The gang, gang runs, runs for office. office. But again, here's here's the setup for it, and how what kind of people we're dealing with. The description I've got here says: after realizing political corruption's money making potential, yeah. the gang helps Dennis run for the position of local <laughs> controller. But after realizing political corruption's money making potential, yeah. yeah, there we go. That sets it up. That's what we're dealing with. Um, and again, it's um, <laughs> oh God. Uh, just so many things about I'm trying to contain my laughter because it's just so many things. It's just um, Frank taking D under his wing, so to speak. Uh, and he's just like, there's there's nothing more threatening to a man than a woman who is smart and attractive. Uh, you, we have to pretend you're both. Yeah. <laughs> and he, she's like, that, and that's my father, everyone. Thank you. It, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and, and also, so you've got Dennis and Charlie going off and, and basically like, Mac wants to be the campaign manager and is truly atro- atrocious at it, so he kind of gets fired, and and Charlie takes over, and so we we don't realise quite how bad at this point Charlie is so illiterate. So he then writes out a script for Dennis, and Dennis finds it a bit confusing to to read this out. It's like, yeah, you know, just just read what I wrote, and he's like, you you want me to read what I wrote? It's like, yeah. So I'm going to read exactly what Charlie wrote, and it's like, hello, fellow American. This you should vote me. I leave power. Good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if you vote for me, I'm hot. What? Taxes. They'll be lower, son. The Democratic vote for me is right thing to do, Philadelphia. So do. The, the words of Charlie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um I, I don't, makes me laugh so much. This is one of the ones I've, I've been thinking of, and I've referenced a couple of times so far. Um, oh, Jesus Christ! There's there's so many things about this episode that so episode that nine just... is Charlie goes America over everybody. Yeah, 
which is yeah. just one of my favorite titles anyway. But this is the one with the Vietnamese gamblers in the background uh, and and the McPoyles mm-hmm. showing up for... Would this be the first time? for No, because he was in the previous season, wasn't he? So Yeah, the McPoyles were in the... Charlie got molested. Season. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, of course, because, yeah, it was the McPoyles that started the whole thing because the guy hadn't actually molested anyone anyway, had he? Um, yeah. And this also is is uh, is where we coin the phrase Charlie work. Yes, yes, yeah, Charlie. So work. <laughs> Charlie work for for those who don't realise is basically the dingiest, dirtiest, horrible jobs in Clean the bar, the cleaning the toilets, dealing with the rats, anything that's shitty is Charlie work. Charlie work. That becomes very very appropriate. Much further down the line, there is a, a, a an episode dedicated to Charlie work, and it is one of the best episodes of the whole fucking series. And no, yeah. no joke, no joke. Um, so yeah, uh, god, the, yeah, Charlie goes America all over everybody. Um, so then we get uh, Dennis and D uh, gets a new dad ca- capping out season two. And again, here's, here's a flashback. Dennis and D discover the MySpace page of a man who claims to be their real father. MySpace. <laughs> MySpace page. MySpace, yes. August 17th, 2006, that was broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, it turns out that, um, that, that, that Dennis and D aren't Frank's real biological children. Um, it, it turns out that uh, that their mum had an affair with this guy, who is their real father, who is uh, a charitable philanthropist, very upstanding member of society, and his Bruce, children are Bruce uh, Mathis, isn't he? Dr- Bruce Mathis, that's it, yeah. And his children are are, are Dee and Dennis Reynolds, who could not have fallen further from the the tree of of this individual they are frank's kids down to a t um and at the same time it turns out that frank may be charlie's dad after all because he had an illicit affair with charlie's mum way back when and although charlie's mum had an abortion apparently it didn't take yeah Um, charlie survived the abortion charlie survived the abortion um yeah and um, you know what I found with this episode is when they did this and it was Dennis and Dee's parent, you know, it was actually Bruce Mathis and Charlie could have been Frank. I, I All I felt was like pennies were dropping. I, I'm sure it isn't the case that they intended the show to go this way in the first place, potentially. I don't know. But as soon as they did that storyline, I was like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. That that makes more sense than it, than everything did before. Of course, Charlie is Frank's. That would make sense. That's why they're close. They even look more alike than Dennis and Dee do to Frank. Mm-hmm. So it just it just lined up. It just slotted into place for me when they did that episode. Um, I like the Bruce Mathis character, and, it, it, and he plays it very well. Um, but I think my favourite episode with him comes next season. Or it's early in the fourth season. I can't remember. We'll see when we get there. Uh, so yeah, we're we're two seasons in now. Uh, so I mean, at this point, what were you? What were your thoughts? Uh, you know, you're two seasons in on this. Uh, like I say, I was yeah, I, I I was very much loving it. Starting to get used to the um, like I say, but it was this stage where I was like, okay, we're not everything isn't necessarily throwaway. We 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 keep continuity behind us, and we keep referring back to it. And clearly, we've got the recurring characters of the waitress and rickety cricket, and like you say, the poils and uh Carmen. Uh so yeah, I, I think you know it starts to add up 
it, it was starting to slot into place and I was just like I say I, I I remember around the season two time just yeah being like oh I'm gonna I'll see what the gang are up to almost you know it, was, it wasn't oh I'm gonna sit down and watch some Always Sunny you know it was in my head oh let's see what the gang are up to mm-hmm. and then just putting it on and, and sitting down and chilling out while I was having dinner or whatever you know it was uh it, no I, I yeah I was thoroughly on board at this stage I would say that not like looking back through this, not every episode jumps out at me. No, but I—it's the the level that it's at is always consistently high. You know, I, I there are episodes that haven't interested me as much, or I haven't found as funny. But we're dealing with quite a high bar, so mm-hmm. you're never going to clear that every time. You know, you've got to. Ha- everyone's going to have an off day writing something again when i'm looking through the credits of doing some of this some of the episodes i'm looking at that wasn't as interested in i'm like ah they weren't written by charlie day and rod McElhenney. that's probably why you know i didn't get on with it as well because mm-hmm. i prefer their style of humor also anyone listening out there who's thinking pete you're a massive fucking hypocrite um clearly this show uses a lot of improv um but I, I I think it works perfectly well. My as I've always explained with um, my issue with this whole improv thing at the minute is is that don't don't shoot thirteen takes of you know with thirteen different jokes in because when you play that back against the reaction of the character they're not reacting to the joke you just told and that that's my issue with it. These guys I assume they shoot a whole scene and then if they don't like it by the end they'll just shoot the whole scene again. They're not just going to do hundreds of takes of one joke and then hundreds of takes of another joke it, it yeah. seems to be quite a good flow but i've noticed a couple of times i would say that danny devito i don't know whether he struggled with it a bit at the start but there were times when he was chipping in and i was like oh you're not quite firing that as frank because you're not uh, yeah. quite in the in the the gang zone because I, yeah. I guess they you know they all know each other so well they bounce off each other really yeah. well they know when the other one's going to chip in with something and when they're not yeah. Um it's like One, a, a friend of ours had a criticism about the show that it's it's just shouting which I don't get to be honest. There, there are yes, when the gang has an argument it is four people shouting over the top of each other and you can't understand what the hell's being said. But that's the point. They're all <laughs> arguing with each other you're not supposed to be able to. But that doesn't happen all that often. Not not like a big gang row. Mostly it's it's you know they're shouting at other people or they're shouting about things, but I, I don't, I don't see why it's a shouty show necessarily. No, um, as you say, I mean, I think it's one of those ones where the longer the series goes on, they they are their characters. You know, this is very much you know they've lived these characters for for the you know last fifteen years for goodness sake. They are so into their characters. You know, they they see a script or see loosely what's there. They know exactly how to deliver that by now. Whereas, yeah, like you say, uh, you have Ryan Reynolds who go in and, okay, this is a film, and okay, we're going to do these throwaway lines. That That's just you playing you. You're not playing the character within the film. Whereas these guys are their characters throughout the, the whole thing. They're so encum- encumbered by that, uh, the, the, the history of their characters now that it feels perfectly natural. Uh, one thing I'll say about Frank as well, one thing I noticed... And it's uh, it's funny, you you may notice it as well, or you may have picked up on it. When you first meet Frank in season two, he and, and this is a very small thing, but it actually makes a huge difference, noticeably. Uh, he has kind of these small, kind of roundish 
metal frame glasses and eventually he goes these kind of big plastic framed much thicker chunkier glasses when mm. you see the transition when he's gone from that to that it's like he's he, it's like he's settled into the, the the motion of frank that's how i interpret it anyway when i look back on it you see him with kind of the smaller glasses kind of season two it's when he gets his big frames the, the ones that you'll see a lot more prominently and stuff it's it's like he's now got the Frank character, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So we um, go into no season carry-on. three. Uh, looking at the guest stars, I can see our friend Sam Witwer. Yeah, was in this series as muscular guy. Um, and still can't go over that Brittany Daniel thing. You've rocked my world with that this morning. Um, <laughs> Also, there's a Lucy DeVito, so she is. Oh yeah, she is the daughter. Yeah, she is of the Queen daughter of, uh, of, cool. of. Yeah, so she yeah. was in it. Nice. Um. Yes, and Judy Greer. Yeah, plays Ingrid. Um, I very much like her. She's a great actress. Yeah, She's Fatty Magoo. Many, many things over the years. Yeah, Aluminum Monster and Fatty Magoo. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so we start this one with the gang finds a dumpster. Oh baby. yes, episode eleven. Christ. Christ, I'd forgotten about episode 11. Okay. Oh, oh we got 15 on this one. Okay, so uh, we'll, oh, we'll try... So we'll, we'll, we, we may have to just kind of mention a few and then and just kind of, you know, uh, get to the, the, the nitty-gritty. But So this one starts off with, with the gang finding a dumpster baby. And, okay, so how what, what happens when the gang finds a baby in a dumpster? What is their first thinking? Not, let's take it to social services. Not, let's take it to the police. Not, take it to the hospital. How can we make some money off of this baby? Yep. Take him to a modeling agency. Yeah, let's, you know, and then they, you, it goes on that, you know, um, people aren't interested in white babies, but perhaps Mexican. Oh, yeah. So yeah, maybe they should turn the baby up. back in the office. Right. So if we just tanned him up a bit and do this and do that, that'd be fine. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, oh my God. Uh, Charlie's still trying to figure out if, da- if, if Frank is his real dad or not, um, which it's just it's a continuation all i'll say is that's a continuation yeah absolutely. and dennis in in Fuck, what is beginning brilliant ones that is where is beginning to realize the, the depths that dennis reynolds will go to to get laid he uh becomes an environmentalist uh chaining himself to a tree getting him ingratiating himself within a group of hippies who just look at him and they're like you're such a poser and, and this, that, and the other. And he turns up with like, you know, Hampshire and, and, and Birkenstocks and all this kind of stuff. And they still won't take him seriously. And he just pulls out a massive bag of weed and he's like, oh, okay. Just no, nobody's interested in this. And yeah, they, they suddenly become interested. He then, uh, you know, he's just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to chain myself to this tree. And the guy who obviously is having a bit of a, a hard time with, with Dennis is just like, no, this isn't your thing. He's like, okay, you chain yourself to the tree. You chain yourself to that tree. And while that guy has chained himself to the tree, Dennis takes his, that guy's girlfriend home. They have ecstasy and they have mind blowing sex. The next day, Dennis turns up and, uh, he, he helps the guy unchain from the tree because it's been pissing it down. It's been a torrential yeah. thunderstorm the night Telling before. Him he's as well. He's like, you've, you've done it. It's you've okay. done it. You've, you've done it. And, and then, and then uh, he's just like, go on guys. And then they chop down the tree and the guy looks at him and he's like, oh, by the way, I banged your girlfriend. <laughs> just fuck. 
Just just for so calling him an opposer. It's so harsh. Just but for like you said, yeah, poser. called him a poser. He's like, oh, I'll fucking take you down, man. Fucking have you. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, the yeah. next one is, we won't hover much on this then. The gang gets invincible, which is yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles tryouts. So Mac, Dennis, and Dee go to try and qualify to be in the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah. Which I think Dee does a random good kick, doesn't she? And everyone's like, yeah. Oh my god! And she starts rubbing it in their face, and then is actually uh, and and then and then basically breaks a foot, yep. practically. And that's right. It's Frank is tripping on acid next because they're situated next to the McPoyle family. Him and Charlie mm-hmm. watching, and Charlie just wants to drink some beers and have fun. But Frank's like, no, no, no! I'm going to do a shitload of acid. And then it turns out he's spiked Charlie's drink. So Charlie's also going to do a shitload of acid. So this is oh Christ! Is it Green, Green Man? Man. The introduction of Green Man. Fuck. <laughs> Green Man! Oh, and the fucking random shit. And Dennis thinks he's... Uh, not Dennis, sorry. Frank thinks he's trapped in the toilet, in the camper. Yeah. But it turns out he's stood in, in a, a bin. Yeah, he's in a, a barrel. barrel like outside. A, a barrel and he's just yeah. tripping fucking balls to a time when he got stuck in a camper <laughs> yeah. man toilet. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um... Then Dennis and Dee's uh, mom dies, um, which so this is as I said, foreshadowing the one before. They kind of said they've said since then they kind of like it was a great episode and a great way of doing things, but they kind of wish that maybe they didn't do it because they could have brought back Dennis and Dee's mom for more storylines. But that, you know, hindsight, you know, it just is like that. So um, basically, um, she leaves uh, you know big inheritance behind, and, uh, and and basically they they want to get into the house and kind of take everything they can and yeah there's a whole thing there i'm not going to go into that because it's just fucked up beyond belief. the thing um, the only thing i'd pull up on that is that the lawyer when they're in the lawyer's office and they're all shouting at the lawyer and he's just sat there going but again this i'm not doing anything why are you doing this why don't i get the house why does she get the fucking house and i don't get now again <laughs> i haven't decided anything <clears throat> i'm just reading a document from your dead mother I I haven't chosen any of this. I why are you doing this? Why is you just oh god? I love them. I hate them. They're dickheads. But I love them so much sometimes in those scenarios where they're because there's there's quite a few of those. They almost become uh, like a, a tradition for the show of the gang goes into an office for a serious meeting mm-hmm. and are totally um, dead convinced by their you know by their, their thoughts and ideas. This is the this is the first time that we meet the lawyer, and I will say that he becomes a recurring character. Um, okay. the, the the gang go back to, and again, one of the funniest episodes is is kind of dealing with him as well. And it he is a fantastic recurring character for a number of reasons. You you wait wait till you get there. Um, the gang gets held hostage by the McPoyles. Is the oh, next Christ. one. Um, this uh, so this is the one where, as you say, like you you, you probably dry heaved a little oh, bit yeah and, um, yeah yeah because you know, it's the heat isn't it they just keep cranking the heat up and they yeah. keep getting sweatier and sweatier yeah and uh also while the gang is being held hostage in inside the bar by the mcpoyles um frank is climbing through the vents trying to find his will which uh, charlie had hidden and uh you know he, he finds charlie's dark room where there's like broken glass where where charlie goes to destroy things when he's in a bad mood uh, yeah, again, it's where packs itself. start getting made. Like D- Dennis has a pact 
uh, with somebody. Mac has a pact with somebody. D has a pact with somebody. D gets Stockholm syndrome and suddenly wants to become one of the McPoyles. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. They're all trying to screw each other over to get out, aren't they? Basically, yeah. So I'll move on to the Illumina Monster versus Fatty Magoo. Um, it, it, this is an entertaining one, but again, I think this is one of those ones that you mentioned. Kind of, although the fantastic Judy Greer is in this, it it's not one of the kind of shine out uh, episodes of this season. Um, no, no, enjoyable, like, but it, no, it's it's kind of a history one for for D. Uh, just kind of again showing the, the depravity of of D compared to the guys, which isn't necessarily always there. Uh, but yeah, it just shows that even when she was younger, as a as a high schooler, she was just as big of an ass. Uh, as anything else, um, the gang solves the North uh, North Korean crisis. Uh, sorry, the North. Excuse me, uh, the North Korean situation. Um, so there are odds when uh, uh, a more successful Korean pub opens up, and um, he looks a little bit like Kim yeah, Jong-il. King Jong Il. Uh, and the daughter, uh, the, the daughter of of the owner, gets involved with Charlie, and uh, they begin this budding relationship. Oh, no. Oh God, and no! You think, oh yeah, this is great, and that you love in relationship, and they're going to become a couple. And it turns out she's like fifteen years old. No, 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 Jesus! I'd forgotten that bit. Yeah, um, uh, and then Charlie's like, "No, no, no! I never slept with her. I never did anything. We we just had, you know, we were just talking and having fun and stuff like yeah, this." But, but but you know, but again, so it, it treads that fine line. But that's the beauty of of Sunny. I think it does yeah, the, yeah. the the remarkable thing of. It punishes the idiots of, of the group uh, for the, the bad shit that they do, but. It goes to a line, but it, it's very careful about it. It's something that we'll bring up um, a little bit later in a couple of the seasons, where um, which have, have been pulled kind of from streaming service because of the use of blackface. But w- when we get to those, you may we may have to find some way for you to watch them because you've got to understand the importance of them to understand why it's actually important that they are still there. But again, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, um, you'll have to give me a heads up on which ones I'm likely yeah. to not find then. Yeah, of course. Uh, the gang sells out. Um, uh, what again? One of my favourites. This one. Uh, it really is because it's it's the gang basically goes goes you know goes to to sell Paddy's pub and realises that they can get a shit ton of money for doing it. So they kind of go through it, but Dee realises she's not going to benefit because she doesn't own any of the bar. So she quits and goes and, and gets a, a job somewhere else. Um, and then waitress for a job, doesn't she? Where the waitress is working, and then slowly but surely they all kind of abandon Paddy's pub, uh, and like Dennis gets a job there because the waitress obviously loves Dennis and will give him a job, and he just spends the entirety drinking and uh, and getting phone numbers. Um, Charlie tries to ingratiate himself on on the waitress yet again and fails miserably, and then the guy who was going to buy Paddy's Pub, who owns this place, turns up and basically goes, actually, I'm not going to buy it, and you're all sacked. See you later. Um, again, the gang yeah, getting up my place. More, doesn't he? I think, again, I thought I recognised that. Yeah, this is a guy... Okay, I'm going to give you a minute to think about who he is and what series you may have seen him in before. Here's a hint. Ryan Reynolds also starred in that series. in a series hmm. the only thing Nathan Fillion be... also appeared in that series as well holy shit you must be talking about two guys and a girl yep two guys and a girl in the pizza place is that where I know him from yes it is fuck yeah yeah of course 
And again, he appears. I think he appears in a couple of episodes. Uh, oh, he's of, in this one. a few episodes of Joey as well. Um, I'm just looking him up now. Now I don't know him from any movie work, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Two guys and a girl. That's what it'll be. Yeah, I loved that show. God, that yeah, was that was a good one. That was a good, that was a good one. Um, so then. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm trying to say this without even thinking about it. Uh, Frank sets Sweet D on fire. Yes. <laughs> so God, yes. They, they try to all become uh, local celebrities um, and uh, making it big on, on the club scene. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. So we get um, Dennis kind of going to the clubs and, and taking ecstasy uh, and bopping the night away, which is just hilarious. Um, and it's all because they see the dancing man on TV and basically a guy in a nappy who's just doing this crazy dance on TV. Yeah. yeah and was... then by, by the end of the episode, you've got Dee and Dennis in nappies with pacifiers in their, in their mouths, uh, clearly high on ecstasy, dancing like lunatics. I, uh, That's yeah. right, because they're just watching the show at the end, aren't they? And they yeah, and they're like, no, no, turn it off. And they're like, no, 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 we love the dancing guy. And then they suddenly see them and they're like, yeah. I've got to be honest, because so. there are some times in this show where I see the joke coming a mile off, but I still laugh. Like, <laughs> as soon as you knew that they were dancing and they, they sit down to watch the show at the end, I was like, oh, they're going to end up on this show, aren't they? Yeah. And then you're just waiting for it to happen. But I still laugh. And there's a bit, uh, a bit in a Series 4 episode that, that has very much stuck with me where um, Mac gets burned and they put a uh, a white towel around his head and tie it up with um, <laughs> duct tape. Yeah. And right at the beginning of the episode, I looked at it and I went, ah, oh, he's going to get mistaken for something else, isn't he? But it, when it happens, I still <laughs> fucking piss myself. Um, so this one, oh God, I, I can't really say the, the full title of this yeah, one. Sweet, uh, sweet dating a mentally... Disabled mentally handicapped individual yeah something like that yeah um i know that the um that they have come out uh, glenn howerton I've, I've read in interviews before has stated that there are certain things um certain words and things like that uh like the mentally handicapped word that, that a lot of people have frequently used there are certain things like that that they do wish that they hadn't there is a reason that sometimes they do use certain things because they are pushing the envelope and they're trying to make a point, but they yeah, have admitted that, that in hindsight, you know, again, the, the, the way that um, uh, homosexuals and transphobe people are in this as well is something that is touched upon. But trust me when I say that it becomes so much more important uh, in the later seasons, that point is made ever more prevalent. So, I know and it, it, some people's initial kind of reaction to, oh, they're taking the piss out of, you know, uh, you know, trans people. No, no, the, the, That's the, the, not the case at all. Wait, just watch the series develop and you'll understand. The reason that this is very important as well, um, uh, Rob McElhenney uh, was actually raised by um, two women. Um, he's got two mothers, two lesbian mothers. So he's very much in support of, uh, you know, gay, lesbian, by trans community and they actually had uh you know gay pride float and stuff like that they had a replica of paddy's pub uh and stuff like that that they took on parade so they are very much advocates of, of that movement so yeah. i know some people's reservations about it but you know well like you say in this one yes they are you could look at this and think oh they're they're mocking 
you know, learning difficulties. They're mocking mental handicaps. Uh, again, the it, the reason this works is because yes, three totally normal, uh, sorry, two totally normal people, or three, you know, however many are mocking him, are you know, uh, perfect, supposedly intelligent people are mocking yep. this person. And who has the last word? Who has the big put down at the end? It is this person with the with the supposed mental handicap who yeah. absolutely destroys them all, puts yeah. them in their place, and humiliates them. Yeah, and that's why for me it works because you're letting the the thing that's being mocked, and it's them not mocking it; it's them going, "Why do we mock this? This is ridiculous," and and going about showing us that in their way. Um, but yeah, from the outside, if you don't watch the show, I, I, you could look at these titles and you know. Yeah, a left-leaning uh, uh, person who uh, is particularly offended by things. Yeah, uh, you'd you'd probably tear this. You'd ask for this show to be cancelled just on the titles alone. Yeah, let alone anything else. You know. Yeah. Um, so again, the, again, t- touching on what I've just said there, we we move into you know Mac is a serial killer. Where oh, hang um, on, isn't uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. isn't the Nightman song in that episode. Uh, he he starts penning is that the, the song. first time that you've started uh, writing. The Nightman is mentioned. Yes, 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 yes. It is. Um, uh, so yeah, we go into Mac is a serial killer where the the, the gang suspects that um, Mac's actually out there terrorizing young women because he's he's acting very mysterious and uh, and very suspect. And, and it turns out it's, it's because he's uh, developing a relationship with Carmen. Uh, the uh, the the transsexual woman who we meet in in Charlie has cancer, uh, and this just develops a, a relationship between the two. And it, again, it's just like you know, he he goes up and he's just like, it's fine, you know, everything's good. But sometimes, sometimes you're a little bit strong. You just you just hurt me a little bit. And she's like, and she's just kind of striking and going, but you're such a tough guy. You could take anything. And he's like, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. She knows Carmen knows exactly how to get around Mac, and it's just, uh, yeah, just so funny. But again, that is again that begins the burgeoning change of situation for Mac as as the whole series goes on. That that will change ever more uh, as t- as time goes on. Uh, Jen- oh, sorry, Dennis looks like a registered sex offender. This is the one, man. Fuck, I laughed. I laughed so hard at this episode. It's just the bits where, because of all people, of all the characters, <laughs> it's Dennis yeah. that ends up looking the man who 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 has to have his sex and will go to any lengths to have his sex. Yeah. Suddenly can't get his sex. Yeah. Because everyone thinks he's a registered sex offender. It's like when he's walking down the street and people are just like, oh, "Bastard, fucker." Yeah, that's it. He's just what? like scumbag, asshole. And then he sees yeah. the picture, and of course, the bloke's about. 200 pounds heavier than he is and he's like i don't look like that guy <laughs> just yeah so many jokes upon jokes upon jokes in that one uh yeah and um it's it's just a bit where dennis uh, eventually because he's just so pissed off with this uh you know with this sex offender living within within close proximity he takes a kid and uh, he, he takes a kid to this guy's front door. He's like, you, you need to move away. He's like, no, why, why would I do that? You're taking all the flack. And he's like, okay. But he would uh, just tell him what you told me. Oh, yeah, we, we had a tickle fight. And, and it was great. And he gave me some special juice. And he's just like, all right, okay. And again, showing the depraved 
yep. area that Dennis Reynolds is willing to go to to get what he needs. He's willing to take a kid and get this kid to accuse this guy. Those are the depths that Dennis Reynolds is going to. Oh, yeah. So um, the the gang gets whacked. So this is um, uh, it's a, it's a two parter episode, um, and this is where one of your one of your songs did appear, um, as I recall during the funeral scene, where where Dennis refuses to burn the duster. It won't burn the duster. It won't burn. Um, so the gang gets whacked. So the the gang finds a bunch of cocaine in a pair of speakers, and um, and they basically go off and and sell it and. They go and and try selling it to to one of Frank's contacts, who he's adamant he doesn't want them to know about because he doesn't want them to have his contacts. So much for that plan. And then, <laughs> then uh, the gang basically needs to to find a way to to kind of pay off the mob because um, they they stole the mob's cocaine. Um, so Frank pimps out Dennis to older women, which is just so disturbing. Like, it's the bit where Frank gets that guy to go up to him as and pose as an escort. A gigolo, yeah. Who's doing it, and he's like, oh no, it's fine, you don't actually have the sex, or blah 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 blah. And yeah, yeah it's, it's over the episode as Dennis becomes more and more um, I don't know what the term would be, because it's almost like a Stockholm Syndrome, isn't it? That, that you hear that, you know, uh, hookers and pimp, that, yeah. that, that relationship that they become subservient they just get beaten yes, down yes over time. subservient to frank at this point yeah that's it and he's just because he's beaten him down so much and removed all of his self-worth that he's just the most disgusting thing that he can be asked to do to the most ugly oldest woman he's just like yeah it's fine it's okay you yeah need to do it yeah. and, and frank's just stood there with a pimp chalice yeah um oh God, yeah so and so yeah max trying to to, to do grunt work for the mob to, to prove his worth uh, D and Charlie are trying to sell drugs with the assistance of Cricket. They end up doing most of the drugs themselves. Yep. Shock horror. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that's... It's great. Yeah. Bums making a mess all over the city. This is one of the ones that sticks with me for the intro part, because I'm fairly mm-hmm. sure it starts with them just outside the bar watching a homeless man piss down just... the side of the bin. No, he's, he's not pissing. He's, he's he's not pissing. I'm sure he's pissing. He's facing forwards. He's facing the wall. He he's facing, but he's he's moving his hand in a in a particular. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. He's not pissing at all, is he? No, yeah. you're absolutely right. Because then he looks over at D and smiles, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is this is the thing where da- uh, where, where Frank's like uh, masturbating bums are uh, are bad for business. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't need to say much more about that one. Um, I know that. Uh, so yeah, they all get. Um, Oh, oh God! This is where yeah, Frank Frank goes and buys police uniforms for them so that they can sit in in the police car and start abusing people in public. But not for Charlie. Um, and not Charlie, for Charlie. Yeah. And then they 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 get a they get a cat as well. Um, that that can you know? Oh, that was it. Yeah, that that was bur- uh, that was born uh, on a grate in uh, in burning petrol or something like that. This cat is like completely indestructible. And uh, Charlie Charlie dresses as Serpico because he wants yes, to expose everybody. That's Serpico impression. And and then he throws and then he go, he goes up to he goes up to City Hall and throws a cassette uh, down on the steps of City Hall and he's like, "There you go." Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure City Hall. I don't think City Hall or Mayor. I think he's spelt completely wrong on on the front of it. Yes. Shit, yeah, yeah. It probably is, isn't it? 
Uh, and then so we also get to uh, the gang dances their asses off. Yeah, which Another isn't much one. of a. It, this is just a sort of. I don't know. It's a it's a proper sitcom territory this episode because I don't yeah. think we actually leave the pub really. It's all just in the pub with people coming in and out of the situation. A bottle episode. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, yes, they put uh, Charlie puts Paddy's pub up as a grand prize in a radio dance match because <laughs> he's because he's an illiterate twat that just keeps yeah. doing stupid things. So now they've got to re- they've got to keep they've got to dance, win the marathon to uh, keep the pub keep the pub, but all their all the baddies that enemies that they've made over the seasons. So like far, the waitress, which were uh, only three seasons in, but they made a shitload yeah. of enemies. So the waitress is there, uh, cricket's there. We've we've got a, a married couple. Uh, Dennis oh, is trying oh, to break yeah, up a married and couple. Them up, isn't it? Uh, and he's he's teaching her to dance, and then uh, and and yeah, he's just doing all these seductive moves, and he's just like, yeah, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter about your husband. She's like, no, I'm happily married. He's like, oh, and just drops her on the floor, and she's like, you're just a piece of shit, and he's just like, just shrugs, yeah. So. Um, drugging each other as well. Frank, Frank, obviously takes the knee uh, th- th- because they all convince him to take a knee, and uh, and it was all just to, to basically get him out, wasn't him. it? Because again, get, yeah, it's all yeah. of them. Because they don't, yeah, they just want to get each other him. again. Yeah, and there's the ranking system as well going on at this moment, uh, and uh, so yeah, Frank starts drugging people, uh, and and Charlie gets completely drugged up, but it's Charlie; he can take his drugs to a degree. Um, so yeah, that was season three. I mean, this is where I was, you know, oh God, like I was, I was so loving that. I think season three is when I first started watching this, um, which I, um, you know, I, I heard bits and bobs about the show, but season three is actually where I started watching it in earnest. So from here on out, like I say, it, it just seems to me to go from strength to strength. Um, so we then get the beginning of, uh, Season four, which is uh, Mac and Dennis Manhunters, because you know they, they want to they want to go after the most dangerous prey of all, man. And what Fuck, is the meat? The meat. The meats episode. as well. Yes, the meats as well. Yeah, they they steal yeah, Frank's so Mac meats. Mac and Dennis decide to chase cricket, hunt cricket, yeah, hunt cricket. Yeah, and yeah, and Charlie and Dee think they've eaten human meat, so spend the rest of the episode trying. To get human meat. Yeah, they go like to uh, a morgue, and they're like, "Oh God, no, that bit!" They're looking at like which person to eat as well. They're like, "Two people there, light meat or dark meat?" Yeah, and And they're stood there looking at a black guy going, "But, but is it racist that I don't want to eat him?" (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've got no problem with him. It's just that guy looks so much tastier. (laughs) Yeah, I just. Fuck, man! This show, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the gang solves the gas crisis. Oh my so... god! What a fucking! I could not believe the idiocy of the idea. I mean, of all the fucking things the gang have done up to this point, this one. Fuck, 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 fuck! I cannot believe that that was the alternative. You can't buy stock in gasoline because you can't afford it. So you're going to mm. go to the gas station, fill up barrels with. <laughs> Uh, and again, for the UK listeners, gas is obviously petrol or diesel, petrol in this case to us, uh, called gas in America. So they're filling up barrels with you know, petrol, gas, call it what you will. And then they intend to just keep them and then sell them when they're worth more. Or then, as it turns out, no, we're going to sell them door to door 
So we're going to drive around in a van with a shitload of fucking petrol in the back of the van and just sell it door to door. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, or while uh, Dee D and Frank are trying to uh, to, to brand Bruce Mathis um, as, as a terrorist because uh, he's going to inherit all of Frank's ex-wife's money, which is all Frank's money, and he's going to give it to um, uh, to a Muslim community centre. And so they're fucking furious. So yeah, they go after him. Or the individual they believe is Bruce Mathis at the very least. Is that the one with it? It's the wrong guy. Yeah, and they end up blowing his car up because the um, the, the the van crashes and it explodes. If you recall, is I'm trying to look for the episode that um, which one is it? Where D and D and somebody try and get them. Oh, it's Frank, isn't it? D and Frank try and get money from um, Bruce Mathis. Is that the episode? Uh, no, I don't yeah. think it's this one. I think it was what maybe the season before. I it, it... was it. Have I missed it? Oh, poop. Because that was one that I mentioned early on, and then was going to re-mention. Because um, that's the bit where I really love Bruce Ma- Bruce Mathis the most, where he's because um, he just pushes them as far as they'll go. Because D and Frank pretend to be Lovers. in love or whatever, yeah. and he knows exactly who they who they are, what they're doing. So he just pushes it as far as it will go, and they were literally about to marry each other before he has to stop it. Like it's the bit where they're he's watching their love making. I can't remember what episode that is now, but I was going to mention that when it came along. Yeah, uh, and this is also where where Charlie is the wild card because Dennis has said, um, you know, this is the is the classic setup. You know, um, uh, every, every great crew in history has uh, the basic dynamic: looks, brains, and the wild card. And then the wild card later on is that Charlie's cut the the brake lines. Exactly the bit I've written down goes into into Bruce Mathis or the Bruce Mathis's uh, car because they yeah Charlie's cut the 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 brake lines and he just jumps out of the back and he's like wild card bitches yeah and just charlie being that, charlie. that's exactly the line i wrote down in the van why don't the brakes work because i cut them wild card bitches and jumps out <laughs> the back of the van fucking hell i wet myself at that line because i just the, the wild card situations in that episode and then there's I'm fairly sure there's a few more wild card situations after that in other episodes. I, I, I will they don't say call them wild card, but it's yeah. just like um, I, I watch one when they're in a an office, and it's like they're all looking normal. It's it's one of the office scenes where the gang go to explain themselves. Um, oh, it's the one with Fisher Stevens in, um, and it just cuts along the crew, and Charlie's just got a hammer in his hand, and it's like, what what's that for? Oh, it's not what you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it totally is what you think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, the 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 um, wild card thing does come up in another uh, episode uh, in a few seasons. Like, and again, it, this is where, as you've said before, like stuff that happens in Sunny does actually impact stuff later on. Uh, it, it isn't just throwaway episodes. They do remember uh, characters and, and arcs and, and things like that. Um. Oh God! Uh, America's Next uh, Top Paddy's Billboard Model Contest. Uh, again, entertaining, but not one of that the one doesn't. Of- I, honestly, I've just looked at that one and gone, "Shit, I don't think I remember a single thing about that episode." Uh, I mean, it pretty much boils down to Frank, uh, you know, putting on this contest, making Dennis 
go through the rigmarole of of uh, you know trying to pose like an animal, and he's like, "I want you to look like a sexy donkey," and stuff like this, and it just yeah, it it just doesn't work. Um, Max banging the waitress. Uh, excuse me, Mac is banging the waitress. So this is where um, Char- Charlie learns that the waitress has a boyfriend, uh, and and he enlists Mac to find out who it is. And so Mac goes round and he's, you know, basically goes up to her and goes, he's on to us. And uh, it turns out that they've not actually been banging. They've been doing some hand stuff. So Mac says, um, but uh, through, uh, as, as it says here, a series of lies, misunderstandings, confessions and revelations. Uh, it comes out that uh, the waitress and Mac have uh, both been getting, uh, you know, jiggy for, for ulterior motives, basically uh, to, to get back. At, uh, at Dennis and uh, and Frank, respectively, it's all very. Yeah, very it's one of those ones where it's everyone playing everyone else, and they're all yeah. going against each other. And uh... yeah, and then <laughs> we get uh, Mac and Charlie die. So uh, Mac and Charlie gets released, isn't it, Max? Yeah, these dad gets released from prison um, because um, they refuse to shove drugs up their bum um, and unsmuggle like, them into prison. One or two. I think it was season two, I think it was. Um, so they, they're they basically trying to, to avoid his wrath, so they fake their deaths. Uh, but it's the way that they fake their deaths is just the most... So they go to, like... Um, they go to a... That sequence where they're shop. setting up the car for the crash is absolutely hilarious. I'm oh, yes. So, again, a joke that you know is coming. You know exactly what's going to happen as Mac drives that car forwards towards the wall. You know what's going to happen. You know he's not going to roll. It's when he's describing it. He's like, yeah, like, so... At the last second, like, I'm going to jump 10 out. Foot, 10 foot in front of a wall, and he's like, yeah, within the distance I've got, I should get up to about 70. Uh, and then three foot, th- uh, three foot from the wall, I'm going to dive out, roll away, and the car will explode. And you know what's going to happen. But by God, did I piss myself when it did. It's the editing of this is also well, because you look at it and go, oh, my God, like, he actually drove it. No, of course he didn't. Uh, but it's just like when he, he smashes into the wall and Joe's like, ah, ah, yeah. and just screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs. So they then go to a pawn shop to um, kind of get some, some stuff to kind of destroy the car and make it look. You know, so they've stolen um, D's credit cards as well at this point as well, which is, is just brilliant. This is becomes a regular thing. Stealing of D's car and destroying it becomes a recurring thing. Keep an eye out for that as you're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go to the thing and it, they, they're like looking for a gun. And Max sees a wedding dress and he's like, yeah, let's buy the wedding dress. Why would, why would we buy the wedding dress? Cause, yeah, because we need it. And he's like, dude, you, you just messed up. It's like, have you got anything to sort my friend out? Got some poppers. There we go. Now we're on to a winner. So they start, <laughs> so they start doing poppers as they're shooting the gas tank of uh, of the car. For focus. And for focus. For focus, yeah, for focus. And then try throwing a grenade, a completely dud grenade that does not go off. And then they start Wait, pulling teeth out. In the car, doesn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, okay. and then just start pulling teeth out and stuff just to put in there. Um, Jesus Christ. And while this is all going on... Um, the glory hole oh god dennis and frank get obsessed with the glory hole um becoming sexually promiscuous uh with with europeans oh Um, god yes because they go to the party don't they first frank takes them to a a sex party essentially with his friends and 
they, they just end up eating buffet. Yeah, <laughs> there's just a buffet really on. Fat and old and, and half-dressed and, and unattractive. And they're just yeah. eating buffet. And then, yeah, they, they... Oh, what's his name? Jan or something like that? Jan or something German, like that. He? Yeah, Jan, yeah. And he's they, like, oh, dirty sex games. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they also then have the funeral... <laughs> Uh, for for Mac and uh, Mac and Charlie, oh yeah, Even that's, though, like, that's the funeral that features um, the Bon Jovi song. Bon Jovi song, yes. Um, few, and you've got one. like Frank's. Uh, sorry, you've got Charlie's mum and and Mac's mum sat out. Uh, you know, like Charlie's mum's very upset, thinking it's real. Yeah, Dennis Mac's is wearing the duster. Um, you know, even even though they realise that no, nobody's dead because they can hear them in the air vents. Yeah. Because they're talking really fucking loud. <laughs> just Again, like... that's the best bit later on. When it, like, how, what? How did you know? And he's like, we could fucking hear you at like, the funeral. You were talking really loudly. Like, what the hell? It's just because you don't think that at the time because no one says anything. So you just think that they're being quiet. And then it's just when they do that at the end, it's like, no, no. We just decided to play the fuck along because sometimes that's easier. Yeah. Um... So we move on to Who Pooped the Bed, a, uh, a, a mystery episode trying to, fig- to figure out whether it was Frank or Charlie uh, who pooped. pooped the bed. Because and they share what, a after, bed. After Mrs. Descriptions at the end, I still don't know who pooped the bed. No. I'm still not really sure who it was. I think it was a combination. I think it was. A, she it does was quite a, a, a lot of different explanations as to what yeah. happened. Artemis <laughs> is, is just brilliant. And then, yeah, I really so, like and, She's fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, Dee, Dee tries to take the waitress and Artemis out on a kind of Sex and the City style night out, which ends in typical D fashion, a fucking disaster. Um, and everyone's like, what? Why would that show so old? By yeah. Now? What was it 2008 or something? So it probably yeah. finished a while. Uh, so we go to Paddy's Pub, the worst bar in Philadelphia, which brings us to, uh, to the appearance of Fisher Stevens, who oh, was a, a newspaper critic. Um, who pull you back one second? Sorry, sure. Um, uh, the poop who pooped the bed? Who pooped the bed? Yeah, um, I, I, the the beginning part of the episode, this is the bit before the intro. I'd got some notes on my phone, apologies, I'd forgotten about. Um, it's Dennis's line just before we go to the intro that's it's not about the poop, it's about the mystery behind the poop. (laughs) Um, and also shout out to Topher Grace as the guy looking at the poop who's just like a uh, biology major or whatever and just wants to look at some poop. Um, he was in he was in Buffy. He was one of the three geeks towards the end. There were three young lads who teamed up to try and go against Buffy and Willow. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. He was one of those. He was also in Dollhouse as the guy who loaded the dolls, sort of the computer guy who loaded all the dolls' personalities up. And he was in Cabin in the Woods as the weed-smoking uh, stoner role, essentially. But yes, like Topher Grace a lot, so I wanted to shout him out. Fair play. Um, Apologies. Yes, no, no, Fisher no, no, Steve- that's... Love Fisher Stevens in this one. Yeah, he's, he's one of he's, my favourites. He's so good, uh, because that's it. it. It's just like, they turn up and they try to threaten him and um, and, and try to give him some shit to, to retract his statement, and then they end up kidnapping him. And it's how they announced to... that as well. It's Charlie coming into the bar going, oh, I did something. Yeah. And then I, you just see I the shot out the back of the boot of the car. <laughs> and they're all like, oh my God, Charlie, what are you doing? Yeah. And then later on, it's Dennis and Dee come in and go, oh, we, uh, we, did. we did something. And, and Oh my uh... God, what did you do? 
Uh, yeah, and they, they kidnapped. Uh, they kidnapped his neighbor. Pinder or something like that, yeah. and it's his. Uh, it's it's his. It's Fisher Stevens' neighbor, um, and uh, and they steal his cat as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Fisher Stevens is worried about his cat, so they go to get the cat. Turns out it's not his cat; it's the other guy's. It's it's a whole fucking thing. Um, and yeah, it's it's basically them trying to get him to retract his statement and. Um, and yeah, it ends with like him, uh, you know, saying, uh, that, you know, I woke up with uh, with with a, a bang on my skull, and uh, you know, yesterday's newspaper on my door, obviously a, a throwback to early edition. Um, and yeah, it's just like that that shithole Paddy's pub is behind me. But yeah, Charlie's whole thing is that he thinks that smashing somebody on the head with a bottle will knock them out so they'll forget everything because that's Charlie Law. It's the amnesia angle. Yeah, the amnesia <laughs> angle. Come over the head with a pot, put him in bed, and we put some stuff next to him and it make sleeping tablets or something, and then you put yesterday's newspaper by the front door and yeah. they'll think it was... They think that... Oh, Charlie. Fucking yeah. brilliant. Uh, Dennis Reynolds, an erotic life. Fuck, this was hilarious. I didn't realise that Sinbad and Rob Thomas played themselves, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Well, that was yeah. funny. Oh, God. Um, that's it. Yeah, just so Dennis ends up trying to publish uh, his, his sexual exploits uh, as, a, as a book because of Fifty Shades of Grey. Is that out at this point? I assume it must probably. have been. 2008, I would have said, yeah, you're probably, probably around the, the book right before there. the terrible films and whatever. I don't know. Oh, don't worry. The book really things. wasn't very good either. Uh, it's just it's just softcore porn for, for women, wasn't it? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, uh, it was softcore porn. I'm, yeah, and, whatever. Um, so yeah, so he but he ends up in a rehab facility because they want to. Uh, Mac and Frank are, are adamant that the only way to make it real is for some of these events that he's kind of said, "Oh, this happened and that happened," and I was a sexual, uh, you know, advisor to Bo- John Bon Jovi and stuff like this. So, like, <laughs> yeah. this is bullshit. Like you, some of this has got to happen. Like you need to go to, uh, no, you rehab. need to go to rehab. So they dump him what they think is outside a rehab clinic, and they've no fucking idea what happens, and then he just he loses it. Um, a very funny one. Uh, again, it just shows the the depravity of Dennis Reynolds. And it's the joke at the end of the episode that I didn't see coming. I didn't see that one coming when he goes back to the rehab center and discovers that it's like some warehouse yeah. that somehow he's been in. And the two guys that he thought were Sinbad and Rob Thomas are no, not are just normal people. And they're like, stop calling me Sinbad. It's like, don't you call me Sinbad one more time. Brilliant. Um, so we go to sweet D has a, has a heart attack. Um, yeah, so yeah, she gets hospitalized and uh, they they try to adopt a kind of healthier lifestyle. Um it it doesn't it, it it's brilliant because you've got Charlie and Mac who go off to become office workers like try to get office jobs so that they can get health insurance because they realize they don't really have health insurance working at Paddy's pub because Frank's not going to pay for their their health insurance. Um at the same time as Frank gets put in a mental ward and has a very uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh storyline going on there um but it, it's the bit with like charlie and mac just in the ear you know they're, they're in the post room 
and Charlie is just losing his shit. He just he's getting all this mail, and he's he's like, "Well, we're going to burn all of this mail because this isn't important." And then this this lot's going to this person, and then Max like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like all of these people have all been asking their for their mail for the last week. What the fuck have you done? It's the insanity of him as it goes along because yeah. he goes down. What you're smoking now? He's like, "Yeah, I'm smoking. I'm fucking nervous. I I got some nerves. I need smoke. Have have some coffee and calm down." Yeah. And it, 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 that that's the bit I love. It's like you, you stress to have a fag. You stress to have uh, have a cigarette. American listeners, yeah, apologies. Um, have a cigarette. Um, you know, do have, have a coffee. It's fine. It'll calm you down. Uh, we're obviously we're fully aware that these are all things that raise your blood pressure and and make you more stressed. Um, and, uh, but then when he keeps as he keeps checking in with him, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and it's the bit where he comes down. He's like, oh, I've. I've stumbled across a massive conspiracy here. <laughs> yeah. Pepe Silva. Pepe Silva doesn't exist. He keeps getting mail. I got all this mail for him. Do you think I can find him? I can't find him. He's not there. So I went to see Carol in HR. And then there's another bit of the wall. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I went in there. There's no one there. Carol from HR doesn't exist. What's going on? And Max like, dude, all these people exist. They're upstairs right now going, where the fuck is my mail? Yeah. They've been and, waiting uh, for their mail for weeks. He's like, how have we still got jobs? Oh, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, no, we got fired. But guess what? I posted those out there. And yeah. he's just he's like, like yeah, oh, my God. slips came through the mail. <laughs> so I posted them off three days ago. Yeah. just <laughs> it, It's the little bits as well where, because um, obviously the, the, the mail sorting bit he's in, he's like, oh, it never stops. It never stops. And throughout the whole scene, it doesn't stop. But there's a little bit <laughs> yeah. at the end of the first time that you see him where he turns back to it. Just like they've done the dialogue sequence, Max walking away and he just turns around and just goes, oh, it really doesn't stop, does it? And they're the sort of improv bits that <laughs> I like because that is genuinely, he's turned around and he's having a little in gag with the people who are dropping the letters down the chute and the set just to kind of go, Christ, it really doesn't stop. Fuck it out. And um, that's the sort of stuff I like. And I'm sweating, you know, there, there are times when you can see them corpsing, I'm sure. Like I, I've caught Mac a couple of times, just corpsing up and just turning his face away because of oh, something God, yeah. that Charlie it, said. It happens all the time. You see it all the time. Expecting. There's one. Uh, so it's it's uh, when the the gang does um, boss hogs. So they go on a, a plane trip to. Yeah, I can't remember which season this is. They all blend into one. They go on a plane trip to try and beat this drinking record. And there's a bit with like Frank and he's just like, he's trying to drink this cold beer. He's completely inebriated and he's just kind of trying to drink this cold beer after having like 15 already. And he just kind of dribbles out of his mouth and he's just kind of go, just shakes his head to the side a little bit and just starts bubbling the, the bubbles out of his mouth. And you can clearly see Rob McKenney and he's just looking at him and you can just, he just wants to crack up because it's Danny DeVito just clearly ad-libbing that whole thing. And it's yeah, it's it's fucking hilarious. Um, so now we get a bit historical because the Grang, the, the gang, Grang, the Grang. Sorry, it's been it's, we're almost two hours in now, so this is a bit. This has been the long one. Uh, not um, almost, <laughs> not almost. Okay. Um, okay, so apologies, everybody. The it's gang. We've cracks... only got a few more episodes left. Yeah, we've only got a couple more to go, guys. Uh, the gang cracks the Liberty Bell. Um, so this is the 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 story the gang puts together about how uh, Paddy's pub was a landmark in Philadelphia uh, because this was where the Liberty Bell got cracked. Uh, obviously, I don't know as much about American revolutionary history as, as they do, uh, but it's the tale that they tell. And it, it, again, it's just the fact that they take themselves back 
to this kind of 18th century. They dress up in all the garb. You've got, uh, you know, Mac wearing false teeth. Yeah. Oh, his wooden teeth. That his whistle. wooden teeth. He and Dennis like, dre- dressing up in makeup to try and make themselves uh, the you know, English. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, you've got to, more, more. Draw it out more, more, more than that. Yeah, yeah. More, more, more. Um, and uh, at the same time, you've got uh, Frank and, and Charlie just being a couple of just ragamuffins at this point, just looking pretty dishevelled. Uh, still trying to scam people, trying to steal stuff. Um, it, it all goes very badly for D as usual. Uh, you know, tries to get into a relationship with cricket, uh, an English nobleman at this point, and it all goes to shit as 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 expected. I almost didn't, didn't recognise cricket because oh, he actually looks clean mm. <laughs> and, and normal again. <laughs> Wait, honestly, it's so disjarring. D- like uh, the more you watch this, and then. Uh, Mythic Quest, which David Hornsby, who is an executive producer on the show as well, by the way, um, he oh, is. Christ, yeah, I've just seen him as a. Yeah, his name keeps popping up on the writing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the most prominent. That's guys cricket, of course it is. That's right? cricket. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah he also stars in Mythic Quest, yeah, which yeah. is the other series from Robin McKenney, and uh, he's. It's so funny because yeah, you you just look and go, it's it's so far away from cricket, it's ridiculous. Um, so we then get uh, the gang gets extreme home makeover edition. Now I used to love way back when I was at uni. I used to love um, extreme makeover home edition. I fucking love this. So this was just hilarious for me. Now, when I never they saw go the in. American show. I mean, I know the idea, and obviously I've seen yeah. the, the South Park did an episode, didn't they? Where Randy was yes, yeah, um, out people's it, walls and making everything open plan basically. Yeah, the uh, American. The actual kind of American style version of it is they go into the to these people and they kind of take them away. They take them on a holiday, and then they come back and they move this bus, and then they see their dream house. And honestly, going back, it's like some of what the heartrending stories that they did for this was was truly magical. And the gang just picks this random kind of spanish-speaking mexican family and they go in in the middle of night with death metal music screaming at them telling them to get out taking them hostage really really bad spanish really really bad spanish um and then they they try doing the house up and end up burning it down to the ground um and the family come back looking very tanned with like blue contact lenses and yeah instilling them american values uh like they, they try to give them create creative boards and stuff like this and uh frank goes up to them and tries to give them a pair of scissors and um and then he's, he's shouting at them trying to give them the scissors so they take the scissors stab him in the leg you know, it's, and this is where pa- Frank pulls out one of his pieces. It's yeah. the episode. Oh, the, the the only note I took away from this whole episode is Dennis's shorts. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, Dennis's shorts. Ah, oh. is that oh, where he's trying to do the split as well? Moment where he he's explaining to Charlie and demonstrating to Charlie why his shorts are so short. Yeah, because he I can. Just, it's the, almost yeah. a wretch again. There was almost a dry heave there. It was, uh, it was something else, right? 
Uh, and then we episode. get we get we get to and again one of my pure favorite episodes of all time uh when sunny does a musical episode as you'll experience it does a musical episode and then some uh yeah, the well, nightman comes find singing really Mostly. oh yeah the, so the nightman comes is is charlie and uh, it opens with charlie coming in and he's like come one come all to a wonderful show it's going to be awesome and some other stuff some other musical stuff. I've seen it enough times that I know most of the words to these songs. Really? I'm not joking. Um, and so this is Charlie who's written a musical. There's no ulterior motive, apparently, no. as the gang keeps quizzing him. Like, what for what? Re- why, why are we doing this? What's another the, what's bit the I liked as well at the beginning of the episode, because you, by this point, you are starting to see patterns. So I liked it that they addressed their own pattern that normally when something stupid comes up like this, there is an ulterior motive. Like you say, any any of the stories, you know, they're only doing extreme makeover because they believe that selfless acts leads to good karma. Um, You know, they're only trying to get jobs so that they can get health insurance. Uh, Dennis is only trying to write his own book so that he can make money off it, you know. So there's always an angle. And I, I really like that the the whole start of the episode is like, what's your angle on this, Charlie? There's got to be a fucking <laughs> angle, for fuck's sake. Not, we know each other well enough by now to know that there's always a fucking angle, mate. Yeah. Come on. And he's yeah. just insistent that there's no angle whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, this is, again, it's one of the standout episodes for me because it just everybody's performance in this is just magical. Um all of them really seem to, like I said, the fact that they went and took this episode on an, an actual tour and yeah. and did live performances of it just showed how remarkable it was. Um, all the songs in it are absolutely laced with innuendo and and, and double talk. Um, the fact that you know Mac it just doesn't like his role um, and then suddenly goes, "Yeah, I'm, oh yeah, the the the, the Nightman's great. He's got cat eyes." And it's like, We're, Charlie's like, where, where are you reading that? Oh, it's just subtext. Yeah, and uh, and then he's just like, oh, Frank, uh, could you speak to a guy? You know anybody about got got cat eyes? And it, it, Frank just flips out his phone. He's like, I'm already on it. So again, it's just the gang completely on one. Uh, Dee doesn't like some of her songs because she she she'd have to do these romantic scenes with Dennis. And uh, Charlie's like, well, that's that's why I wrote the other, you know him the other part. And she's like, oh, well, yeah. And he's just like, oh, he, he starts taking away songs. She's like, but don't take away my songs. And it's just Charlie getting more and more riled up by the fact that the gang is demanding this, that, and the other. Yeah, because he just keeps, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm, here. I'm up yeah. here with you. And it's, yeah. it's that. He's like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I didn't know I could go above where there was, but yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. Um, I absolutely Frank, love some of this. Obviously, it's brilliant. Uh, Frank doing his lines while chewing gum. Uh, so you know you gotta get this boy's yeah. hole. Uh, sorry, you gotta get the, to get out of this boy's soul. Are you saying boy's hole yeah. or boy's soul? Yeah, you're touching on two of the bits. That I'm, I'm, and yeah. oh god, and uh, and the rape scene as well. I thought the rape scene went very well. Um, <laughs> you know, it just there's so many goddamn funny bits in this. It is one of the funniest episodes Sonny has ever done and ever will do. I think. Um, the music again just adds emphasis to it. The fact that uh, Dayman as a song, honestly, uh, Dayman, the amount of times that I have just been sat in, in the office at work, or was sat in the office at work, and there's a couple of people at work that, that are always Sunny fans, and I just sit there and I just go, Dayman, 
Oh, and then one oh. of them would just shout, uh, "Fighter of the Night, man!" Oh, and I know all those words. I could sing here verbatim and do it all, yeah. but I'm sure the people at home would probably get bored of that. Um, but this is. It's just brilliant. And again, Charlie Day's performance, uh, you know, the amazing voice that he has. He does some amazing songs a little bit later as the series progresses. Uh, but it's just where he comes out and just sings his his final bit, all with the intent of asking the waitress to marry him. To, to which she says no. Just your thoughts. Come on. I... Uh, I like to say it's fucking brilliant. This is how how much can you into? This is obviously something that I was talking about earlier, where there's lines that mean something one way in Charlie's head, but are totally different to everyone else who's actually performing it. So, like the the synopsis for the musical, I believe these are Charlie's words, is that there's a coffee shop princess and she's in love with a small man who has the characteristics of a little boy. One night, the nightman comes with permission from a troll and takes away his innocence. The little boy transforms into the dayman and fights the nightman. Dayman and the princess can then be together in their love. So the princess has to sing a song with the lyrics, Tiny boy, little boy, baby boy, I need you. Tiny boy, little boy, I want to touch you, boy. I need you, tiny boy, little boy, baby boy, I need you. Tiny boy, little boy, want to make love to you, boy. (laughs) <laughs> and then sung over the princess's bit is if you only knew what I'd do to you if I was that boy that's inside of you. And it just obviously Dee does her little bit at the end of the song that's like, just to be clear, I did not write that song <laughs> yeah. and I've never had sex with a child or a minor or anything like that, just to be clear and blah, blah, blah. And it goes on and on and on. And, and then Charlie's like behind the scenes, I'm going to stab you in the face. And he's yeah. furious about it. Um, and like you say, the him saying boy's soul, but it coming out as boy's hole. So it's, you've got to pay the troll toll. You've got to pay the troll toll if you want to get into that boy's soul. Yeah. <laughs> but he's saying you've got to pay the troll toll if you want to get into that boy's hole. <laughs> oh, God. And... Uh, just because then the bit when they when they're actually doing it on stage, if I'm not mistaken, they cl- Mac climbs on yeah. for the 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 rape scene, yeah. and then he's like, "Dude, have you got a boner?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Shut up! Don't ruin this for me." <laughs> oh, what Jesus? Oh man, that's enough. Ah. Yeah. Um. That. Oh that, God. Uh, that the fact that he's got a boner when he's supposed to be banging Dennis that becomes very prevalent as as the the series progresses with Mac. Um. Uh, I'm seeing Carmen coming into that then. Um, I yeah, I, I I yeah, this episode's brilliant. It's, it's you know, um, it's it's the dialogue as well. I was transformed by the strong musky power of true love. Just that that's Charlie writing right there. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a fantastic episode. What like I said, one of my favourites. I'll uh, I shall be going back to that one definitely. Um, it, uh, it does stand out. Originally, the 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 episode where he comes up with the Nightman song was was one that stood out to me a lot because that just has the, him and Dennis doing the performance at the end, dressed in the <laughs> in the... this ridiculous get-up yeah. from some eighties hair metal band. It was uh, that fucking made me laugh the first time hey, when man. they're coming up with that song because isn't he just oh. are they just sitting huffing glue in front of the keyboard? Yeah, pretty much. Just, uh, beep, beep, beep. Oh, it's funny. 
Yeah, it's yeah. a great show, man. I'm glad, that, uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you... I'm very pleased I have started. We shall continue from here. Obviously, for the listeners, yeah, we've gone over two hours on this one, but there we go. Um, I shall... Yeah, you've you've now kind of got to give me time to watch some more, so we'll see. It, uh, it will be a little <laughs> we'll see while. Part two of this ends up, but we we'll try and get another. I'll get another four series under my belt, and then we'll go for a second part. I was very impressed by the speed that you got through the uh, the, the first. The, I suppose the problem you're going to face is that the series end up being a little bit longer as as we start progressing as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's, uh, season five looks like a twelve. So. It's another 12 episodes there. I've also just seen some cameo names that I'm excited about as well. Forward to that now. Um, cool. Yeah. Any any other thoughts you want to end us with? No, uh, I just hope everybody's enjoyed our, our journey across to uh, to Paddy's Pub. Um, again, if you haven't you know, watched Always Sunny, but you've listened along to, to this pod, then I highly encourage you to go uh, onto a popular streaming netflix site and uh and give as much love to to always sunny as you can um we'll pick up at some point in the near future hopefully and uh thank you very much everybody indeed uh so for now we will sign off and say that i have been bav and i have been dayman i mean i have been fluff (laughs) i have been nightman and this has been screen masters